0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of the geek buddies tuning into this episode I hope you know we are doing a WandaVision spoiler review for episode 5 we've been doing these throughout the season if you want to go back episode 1 and 2 was a review episode 3 was a review and episode 4 was a review we crossed 13,000 views on episode 4 review and for a burgeoning channel like mine that's an awesome thing that's So awesome! Th- mm. thanks to everyone here on the panel thanks to all of you for mm-hmm. watching it as well but let's introduce ourselves and go around in case some of you are discovering us for the first time I am the outlaw John Rocha writer producer
1: and host here on the outlaw nation and uh to my right or left depending on how you're looking at it is (laughs) i am michael vogel i'm a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and super nerd
0: and down below me
2: And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the Goldbergs. There you
0: go. Speaking of Goldbergs, we have some 80s things to talk about for sure throughout this episode. But of course, joining us every week for these WandaVision reviews, it has been our pleasure and our blessing to have the great and awesome
3: Emma Fife on the show. I love being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, this is is great. Apparently, we have my cat um, joining us today as well. So he might be... (laughs) running in and out of frame he really likes to be involved in whatever i'm doing for whatever reason it's like anytime i'm here and i'm like i need to record something he's like i need you to look at me now <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's a pet specific episode so it, it's makes, true. Sense. Uh, it makes sense uh, for true. this situation uh, uh w- this is uh, your second to last warning uh, we are going to be spoiling this episode episode five if you have not watched episode five please go and watch and come back and join us it is called on a very special episode. I think all four of us have watched those sitcoms and have those special <laughs> episodes happen. They usually deal with, you know, Tom Hanks leaving Michael J. <laughs> Fox at the train station. It deals with, you know, so you know, uh, uh, I don't Uncle know, Ned. Uh, yeah, Uncle Ned exactly. Uncle saved by yeah. the Bell. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. These special episodes happen all the time, and this one certainly. Yeah. Packed a wallop. And I think, if I'm correct, the longest episode we've had yet at 41 minutes. Uh, so let's go around the horn real quick and uh, get your overall feelings about the episode. And then we'll jump in as we do on these ep- uh, reviews going step by step by step. Michael, what's your uh, what's your feeling about this episode before we jump into the whole nitty gritty of it?
1: I think this episode takes the best of everything we've seen so far and uh, brought it all together. I think this is what the show really is. I think the first three episodes... Uh, really focused on what was happening in Westview and this sort of meta sitcom world. And then the fourth episode brought us out and brought us fully back into the MCU as we know it, kind of got us up to speed with what was going on in the world outside of Westview. But now and for the rest of the season, I think this is what we're seeing. I think we're seeing this blending of the sit, the meta sitcom world of Westview combined with the MCU outside and putting those two things together was better than chocolate and peanut butter to me. It was amazing. it was fantastic uh obviously there is a huge reveal at the end that yes. everyone is talking about but even without that this was by far the most powerful episode for multiple reasons, Uh, nerd reasons, Easter egg reasons, 80s meta reasons, and emotional reasons. So I, probably my favorite episode, and I love this show so much.
0: You know, and I got a weird feeling saying this current episode is your favorite episode is going to be consistent theme going throughout the rest of the season. It feels like (laughs) I feel um, like you're right. (laughs) Emma, uh, uh, Michael brings up an excellent point. This one kind of walked that tightrope of existing in both worlds. Worlds at the same time. What's your feeling about this overall episode?
3: Well, I mean, as far as it walking that tightrope and existing in between the two worlds, I think that is part of what was so powerful about it was that you were you were getting more of an understanding of like Wanda's relationship with reality and with her own reality, which we're seeing that she this this created reality that we see that she's slowly like losing her control over, plus There's now some other questions in regards to all of that. But uh, honestly, what really, really worked for me about this episode was the relationships between the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, such an incredible job of portraying, like, what it is like to be a woman, or I assume but don't know specifically because I am not a person of color in a white male-dominated workspace. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I think this show has like really really nailed and i know that it's like a small detail but it's really really important to me um and also monica rambo holy shit like in the course of just a few episodes has made her one of the most compelling characters in the mcu and just like if you want to talk about a character who is absolutely a person who you just see actively choosing compassion and being a better person like unbelievable I, I, i love this show
0: those are excellent points you make. i absolutely Tiana Paris in just a couple of episodes as complete or three episodes has completely got us on board with her and what she's creating in Monica Rambo. That's such an excellent point. You know, you don't have a lot of time sometimes no. to create a memorable character. And when you get that opportunity, especially as a woman of color in a superhero yes. world, if you can knock it out of the park right off the bat, that just speaks volumes about your talent and your ability uh, to connect with the audience. Shannon uh, overall, what's your feeling about this episode? You know, factoring what Michael and Emma said as well. I mean what mike said about uh this is
2: probably his favorite episode this is the the first show in a very very long time that I feel each episode is just better than the next, mm. and and the obviously that was by that was by design. I mean, the first episode started and it was very quirky. It's like, oh, we're playing in this 1950s world. You can tell the actors are having a blast. You just get that little kind of crack of like, oh, what's happening here? As Mr. Yeah. Hart and, and Mrs. As Mr. Hart was choking and Mrs. Hart um, was smiling, saying, "Stop it, stop it." And each episode, they just keep they just keep building. Yeah. And the yeah, I mean, this is the type of thing that I would be so curious to be in the writer's room for to be like, all right, how do we build this roller coaster where it's going up, 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 up? Even in limited series, you're going to have yeah. episodes that like, oh, that was a good one. It wasn't quite as good as this one, but this this show, every episode, we're talking about more and more and more and more and more. And yeah, I mean, Tayana Paris is just i mean you you you're you're hearing the crack of the bat and watching the ball go out of the park i mean yeah. she's she's I, absolutely killing it and you know that and that's not to take away from the work that everyone else is doing paul bettany i think throughout yeah. this entire series um he is showing you like you know before he was cast as jarvis i mean he 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 kind of took a little bit of a dip like, yeah. he didn't, you sure. didn't see him as much sure. and what he's getting to show off in this series is just phenomenal
0: Agreed, agreed. Yeah, uh, all all accolades to the actors. Elizabeth Olsen as well, as the center of this whole thing, carrying a show like this is incredibly difficult, and to see her doing it and playing the emotions throughout. I will tell you this. I agree with everything all three of you said. I think this was a fantastic episode, definitely the best episode of the series. And for the people, I saw someone tweet, oh, they should have combined the first two episodes into one episode. You don't get it. They were laying the groundwork of this world, so you could get the effect in four and five of what they were doing. If they didn't spend time in one and two and laying the groundwork and laying out the characters and laying out the, the dread and the fear and those cracks in the veneer, if they hadn't done all of that, I don't think you would have gotten the effect well, you're getting now in episodes four and five. And this certainly this episode does that. And overall, just loved all the 80s references, loved all the connections they made. And really, we see now that there is a there is a coming battle between Vision and Scarlet Witch and, uh, or Wanda Maximoff at this point. And I think that's exciting to see uh, as well. Yeah, Mike, I'm sorry. What were you we going to say?
1: No, I was going to say uh, part of the experience of entertainment and storytelling is to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. And I think where people got a little maybe tripped up is those first couple episodes being thrown into them the way that we were make you feel uncomfortable. And I think some people didn't like that. They like to know what's going on. Please explain it to me. Where does this fit? I don't understand what's happening, but the, the fact that they drew it out for those first two, even the third episode before they really revealed everything and made you feel so out of place, so discombobulated, so uncomfortable, actually emotionally kind of put you in the same space that vision is in and and Wanda to a degree as well. Everybody in the town. Everybody in in the town. Yeah. So so Even though it was kind of like, what's happening? I don't, I'm confused. That confusion, that kind of lack of awareness of where you are and what's happening, that is the feeling that they were going for. They were successful. Not everybody liked that feeling. And when we got to episode four, people got a lot more comfortable. Uh, And there's only so far you can do that before you do lose your audience. But I think it was intentional and I think it really worked. I agree. I agree. A uh, shout out to Jock Schaefer, who is the showrunner. there.
0: She's done an incredible job leading this thing along. And this episode, of course, is called On a Very Special Episode. Uh, it's directed by Matt Shackman, written by Jock Schaefer, Peter Cameron, Mackenzie Dore, and Cameron Squires, who's a staff writer on there on the show as well. All right. This is your last final warning. and we're going spoiler into this thing. So if you have, from this point forward, if you haven't seen the show, we're going to spoil stuff. So go and watch episode five and then come back. All right. Uh, Let's jump into this thing here. We open with a classic '80s scene before the theme song that we've seen so many times. Wanda is trying to get the twins to sleep with Vision. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Vision comes down and said that he tried to read *Descent of Man*, which made uh, him cry harder. And the kids won't stop crying. Wanda tries to get them to be quiet by using her powers, and it doesn't work. We keep hearing the laugh track. We see Binkies. Viz, what are we doing? Or maybe we just need some help. Then Agnes comes over out of nowhere, talking about Jazzer size. Then Auntie Agnes is here, tricks up her sleeve. You're a lifesaver, and Vision freaks out. And then Agnes stops and says, "Should I take this again? Do you want me to go from the top?" So this entire scene is such an incredible way to bring you into the next decade of sitcoms that they're going to be tackling yet have so many allusions um, uh, being made throughout. And then the break, the first break early on in this episode of someone understanding that something is off here, something is weird here. And I felt a certain way about what was happening in WandaVision after episode four. I feel completely differently after I finished episode five. Mike, oh. let's start Yeah, let's start with you, Mike. What do you think overall of this opening scene here uh, as someone who probably enjoyed a lot of these 80s sitcoms they were referring
1: to? I- I am so curious as to I, what you're. <laughs> <opinion. I, not laughs> really about about uh, later, we'll yeah. talk about it later. Like <laughs> no, like like Johnny said, like, like Johnny said, the classic cold open of an '80s sitcom uh, kind of sets up the world. Instantly, if you are an 80s fan, you know that you are in the Family Ties era because it yeah. looks like the Family Ties house. Paul yeah. Bettany is doing his best Michael Gross impersonation. <laughs> yep. So lots of fun. Um, as Johnny said, uh, a mention of Charles Darwin's Descent of Man, uh, which is about evolution. And even where this episode goes, uh, <laughs> Homo sapiens, Homo superior, like. Definitely, I think, a very specific choice for what Vision is reading. Also, as Johnny said, Wanda specifically says, why won't you do what I want to the kids? She couldn't control the stork in episode Mm -hmm. three. She cannot control the kids. This is clearly a very specific thing, and they do a good job of calling it out. Agnes shows up and the break was amazing. Uh as we said, you know, I think we called this in the first two episodes of all the characters of Westview, Agnes was the one that always seemed to be showing up right when Wanda needed help. She yeah. seemed yes. to be the one that was so guiding things along Absolutely. and Vision clearly has caught on to this. Agnes walks in and says, "I heard the kids couldn't weren't weren't sleeping well." And he's like, who told you that? How? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. she covers quickly. She's like, "Ah, oh, my ears told me." Laugh track. Laugh track. And then when 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 Vision gets a little nervous, a little nervous, Dad, and the whole thing breaks. The awkwardness is palpable. The laugh track goes away. It gets very yeah. serious. Yeah. And again, Agnes, unlike the other Westview residents, clearly is more in control and is helping to guide things along here. So very mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, you know, Wanda and Vision kind of have a moment. He's very much like. Are you not seeing what I'm seeing? She talks him through it. Mm -hmm. uh, And then we kind of get a cute little moment where the twins disappear. Yeah. Uh, well, like, where are the twins what's happening which if you're a comic books fan this is a reference to in the comics when Vision and Wanda had Tommy and Billy yeah. uh, whenever she was off fighting with the Avengers or focused on something else they disappeared because they weren't real yep, now that's yeah. not what's happening here clearly um, but it's a nice little reference and then we see that the kids have aged up to five uh, wearing outfits and colors that represent the fact that Billy will become Wiccan and Tommy will become Speed the yeah. green and the red outfits mm-hmm. um, so like like, literally, all that is to say, in this little cold open that's just a fun 80s whatever, it is chock full of stuff, and we haven't even gotten to the fake opening credits. Yeah. I will say my favorite part of the entire thing, though, is if you're if you're a fan of, like, 80s sitcoms, there's always, like, that cheesy moment where the music is playing and someone says something that's supposed to be sort of serious and sentimental, and Catherine Han nails it the kids have just gone from babies to five years old Wanda and Vision are like what the fuck the music kind of goes super sentimental and Agnes goes kids can't control them yeah no matter how hard you try (laughs) which is a reference to the fact that Wanda literally can't control her kids but also as we've talked about in a meta way just one of those 80s little things kids man Let's go to the opening. <laughs> pre- you know, it's like, it was yeah. just perfect. Yeah. yeah. What do you think there, Emma? what do you think about this whole opening scene?
3: Catherine <laughs> Hahn is so, so good in this. scene. I mean, she's yeah. great on the show. She's really, really great in the scene. I think too, that, you know, cause obviously there's been a lot of conjecture about the fact that it's likely that the character of Agnes is in fact Agatha Harkness. And she does make a reference to, Oh, you know, uh, Auntie Agnes is here and she's got a right. couple tricks up her sleeves. Cause you know, she's a witch. So she's got magic. Um, right. uh, but also just that moment of her where she's like, oh, shall we take it from the top? Like, it, yeah. it that that it was that recognition of, again, like, we've already seen that she seems to show up at the most convenient of times. And that there is definitely some awareness with her about the fact that, like, this is not actual reality in the scene where they were like sawing through the um, stone wall a couple episodes ago. She's there and she's the one that's like, don't, 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 don't break this reality to vision. Um, Even though like she was involved in the conversation where they're like, Hey, you know, that uh, uh, our, our friend in there doesn't have a home. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Um, But it, it was, it was almost like it was her very specifically calling out the thing that we've seen happen a couple of times which is wanda resetting scenes so that they play out the way that she wants them to
0: right right and And she's like getting ahead of the curve of it emma that's what's interesting too exactly right waiting for wanda to do it exactly
3: yeah everybody else is just waiting for wanda to do it and she's going Oh, wait, should, should we take that again? Don't, don't, basically being like, don't you want to fix Don't you want to fix this? Don't you want to redo this?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shannon, what's your feeling as we get to this break of where Agnes has that moment where she says, you want to take it from the top? Certainly, I'm sure you said that before on set. But like, what do you think? <laughs> what, what'd you feel about this whole opening getting into the 80s vibe
2: of things? I've never quite had big, a big enough role to say, let's take this from the top. <laughs> I, I, I shudder to think what would happen if I actually yelled that out. Um, but yes, to go off of what Emma was saying, I mean, there's a definite shift in Agnes's tone. Like in episode yeah. three, when she's kind of pointing things out to Vision, it's almost as a warning. Like she's giving him some breadcrumbs. Like you know, she doesn't have a home. She doesn't have a husband. When this happens, when she asks uh, Wanda, "Do you want to take it from the top?" It's very deferential. Yeah. It's very. She looks nervous because Vision has taken this train off off the rails for a second. Yep. And she's just like uh, uncertain. And now is this her playing a part? We don't know yet. But also right. one of the things that I thought was funny is when she was looking for the liquor, she was like, you know, do you have any dark liquors? And mm-hmm. I just, you know, for, for shits and giggles, I Googled, I'm like, which is dark liquors and which is brew is traditionally a very, very dark alcoholic, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, a- again, they they just setting setting the tone right off the bat that more questions are going to be answered and more questions are going to be posed.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I think the two things I get from this, you guys covered up so much of it, uh, but the two things that I'm focusing on as I watched this episode, because I watched it like uh, a couple more times after I watched it the first time, really kind of understand what the uh, through lines here, the undercurrent of through lines here, they're going. Clearly it's that Wanda can't control this as much as we thought. And certainly Rambo getting shot out of that energy field saying, Wanda, it's all Wanda. As I'm watching this episode, I'm starting to believe that it's really oh. concretely that it is not Wanda fully controlling what is happening here, and we have Vision starting to question this more and more and more. We see later on with Norm how what that leads to, and then the confrontation, obviously later on. But this is that first gap where he's like saying to uh, to, to Scarlet to Wanda, like, "Didn't you catch what just happened? Didn't you see? Didn't you? See, how do you?" Not catch what just happened was so to me that's this is an interesting situation that we're developing here where Wanda is not necessarily as in charge as I had thought or we have been led to believe, and so now my focus starts to move towards Agnes even more so in probably in conjunction with someone else, working with someone else, uh, maybe Ralph, uh, working with someone else who is making this all happen and giving Wanda the illusion of control in certain moments, but removing that control when they need a storyline to keep going forward to keep Wanda on and going in a certain direction. So that was just so uh, concretely laid out in this opening scene. Mike, you were gonna say? I
1: was gonna say you are correct. It is not <laughs> Wanda. It is pretty clear for me. It is it is That's pretty clear at this point that yeah. Although Wanda is, I would say at this point, a willing participant. Sure. Uh, when we right. really get through, when we get through the episode and we'll hit the beats. Yeah. They yeah. make, they, they make it pretty clear that like, there is a lot more going on here than just Wanda decided yeah. to do a thing. Yes. yes yeah. Absolutely. I'm still
3: is- not convinced that she isn't the architect on some level. Yes. But I, but it is definitely not just her her.
1: Right, right. Well, and there's an interesting level of push and pull to it. We'll get yeah. into it later. I have some theories on what's really going on here, but right. we'll we'll get it as yeah. we go along. But yeah, like <laughs> it, certainly, it certainly feels like
0: Agnes has figured out how you know and great cult leaders do that. They get a way oh, yeah. to get into your mind to make it seem like it was your decision to do these things and to create your reality in a certain way. Certainly we've been seeing that lately. So you see that kind of situation, and I feel like Agnes is doing that with Wanda to make it seem like Wanda's in control, but not in control in certain critical moments. I don't- for her. We
3: shall I see. I
1: think I think Agnes is still probably not I th- I think I am putting Agnes more in the good guy category than the bad guy category still but yeah. we'll continue. I, You're am, insane. I
3: think I am too but right. yeah. I
0: am not. I am not. I think okay. she's full on <laughs> control. But we shall see. Obviously. Uh, all right, so we move out of this uh, uh we have as I said we had the conversation between Wanda and and vision here about uh, uh, vision saying, "Didn't you catch that? Didn't you see that?" What and, and Wanda's like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything." Totally fine. She was just kind of unsettled, and now she's taking care of the babies. We go back to her, and she's rocking the baby. She's spraying lavender on them. I don't know if Shannon looked what what lavender means. The dark liquors thing happening. I, I love I, 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 <laughs> good good. I love Agnes talking about her buns of steel. Um, and then uh, then there's no taint. And then she talks talk about her libido. And Wanda says, "You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with her having the libido." For God's sake and then they can't find the kids as michael mentioned and boom they're all they're grown up to like five years old or six yeah. years old something like that as you said michael billy and red tommy and blues and green S speed uh and we are just in that moment where we go right to the opening credits. so Anything to anything. Uh, what's the lavender situation, Shannon? What does that mean? Well, like I I did look up lavender
2: and witchcraft and there wasn't really anything of consequence. Okay. I mean, it is, it is supposed to relax you, but I thought it was
1: interesting that she said, Ralph sprays it on her at night. I, I feel like when you watch WandaVision at midnight on Thursday, you have a little tinfoil hat on and you're like, (laughs) I I put the tinfoil hat on for the second viewing. The first viewing is all about enjoyment. When I
2: watch it the second time is when I put the tinfoil hat on.
0: (laughs) Uh, One last thing to reference, and I get this from Screen Rant. Uh, They're saying uh, the episode is borrowing a lot from Wanda's most important story, the dark scarlet witch story from Avengers West Coast. In that book, as Michael mentioned, the first clue that something was wrong with Wanda was how the twins would disappear when she wasn't looking at them, and this would often happen when Agatha Harkness was babysitting for them. And later, Wanda's per- personality started to shift towards full villainy, and she was very cavalier about the use of her powers, something we saw we see later on in this episode with the dog leash, so we'll get to that. All right, the opening, this is my favorite. Like, I've seen this every but this one absolutely is a kid of the 80s, is a child of the 80s, this <laughs> mix. And, and, you know, it, like, if you were Beatles or the Rolling Stones... It's the same thing. Are you family ties or growing paints and family ties, growing paints mixed together. in one theme song was something I didn't know that I wanted until I saw it. And I loved it. And I immediately downloaded the song. Uh, and which is so great. We can mix it, for the, you know, the paint. And then we get the old pictures. I mean, the vision baby was cracking me the F up. Um, Emma, what was your feeling as you're watching these opening credits and we'll get to the lyrics of the song, unless you want to bring it up as well. what do you think?
3: I mean, I love it when, uh, whenever TV shows put in like, and I would see this on set as well where it's like any show that's like about a family, they, they have to like go into their childhood and get photos. Yeah. And sometimes they do like have to Photoshop a face onto another body because a character was supposed to have graduated from college and they wanted a college graduation photo of an actor who didn't graduate from college. <laughs> but like the, the Vision Baby was like just taking it a step further, you know?
0: Mike, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? The Vision Babies.
3: Uh, oh God.
0: The, the Vision,
1: baby, the vision Babies killed me. Uh I, I'm with you. I of all I love TV theme songs in general. I yeah. love the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, I'm a big fan of all like... the but, but the 80s is my era. Of TV growing up. Yep. <laughs> and so and, and as you said, like the w- the second that it was the you know the the watercolor painting, I was like, I know what that is. And then the showing the kids growing up in the family, like I was like, I know what that is. And I think there's even a little bit of even though full house is probably more 90s, there's a little full house in there it's too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, a little Full House in there, so it, it's just that quintessential family, and, and you know, like, that was what the 80s was. Like, when you, we kind of look at each one of these, like, the 80s was just, like, this treacly family, and like, yeah, like you said, Johnny, like, the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Uh, forces trying to pull us apart. Nothing can phase me if you're in my heart. Like it was just perfect yeah. from
3: top yeah. to bottom. We're,
1: we're, we're making yeah. it up
0: as we go. We're
3: making it, it up as we go along. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah. I mean, I mean, those pictures were just so perfect. Uh, Shannon, what was your feeling about this opening?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I may not have landed on the side of vision. Baby is cute. I've been like, good God, what is that? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait I, a minute. I, I mean, was what? I, I was not quite. I was not quiet in that camp. I was like, uh, how can
0: you not? See- this is cute. Oh, this is so cute. This, look at Vision, cute. baby. Come this, on.
2: This looks like oh, an abomination. No, <laughs> this should not exist. I love and it. And it didn't exist.
3: Give me That's my baby, baby Vision toys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I, oh, I have no oh. doubt. There's gonna. They, they're probably gonna make some <laughs> baby Vision plush toys. But <laughs> uh, I, mean, I gotta have a baby. I, I liked uh, Vision dressed up as uh, as the turkey. As Santa, <laughs> as the non plused Easter Bunny. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, it was it was right right out of the eighties as opening sequence. Despite yes. the fact that I will have nightmares about nine year old vision for the rest of my life.
0: But let's let's look. Michael. Let's look at this one. This is the one that stood out to me as well. This um, I mean, she's in a war torn country with a smile. <laughs> I mean, like happy smiley picture. I know. I mean,
1: what are we doing here? <laughs> well, it's what? the what it's think, the it's one? the weirdness of taking. I mean, it's the same like. The comedy of Baby Vision is very funny. Yes, the comedy of all this is great. It's super eighties, but like, yeah, this picture, like, this is where they're so smart. Yeah, she grew up. She was born, as we know from a few from a few scenes later, she was born in 1989 in war torn Sokovia, and her parents got killed by a Stark bomb ten years later. So this is her childhood. Yeah,
3: but also, but I also think that with that, like, there is that that intentional disconnect of yes country she didn't have a happy childhood right she's projecting this idea of a happy childhood into the vision of her life that she and somebody else clearly have created
0: it's so great it's so great yeah the lyrics here you wanted the world with a vision of what life could be but then the years come and teach you to just wait and see as michael said forces may try to pull us apart but nothing can phase me if you're in my heart we're making it up as we go mm-hmm. along and there will be days we no we won't know which way to go this sounds like madness to me but we'll take it <laughs> but we'll take it higher what does that mean remember stacovia was remember it was dropped oh, yeah, all of was. that you're all i desire when the going gets tough when push comes to shove we're making it up because we got love and we got WandaVision as well. So a uh, great opening, as I said, already downloaded it. All right, then we cut to the next scene. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on this? Monica has kind of like when she woke up out of her coma, hearing Captain Marvel's voice, hearing her mom's voice. We hear her essentially being interrogated at some point by Hayward. Uh, and uh, she mentions that uh, she could feel Wanda in her mind, uh, she felt it was keeping her down, and she also felt like she was drowning. And as Michael alluded to in the last episode, this connection of grief between these yep. two women, she speaks about that as well. Jimmy and Darcy come in. Darcy knows Monica, she's a big fan of Monica rambo <laughs> The medical person who had been helping uh, Monica kind of wake up out of this stupor uh, comes back with the x rays, and we see that the x rays have nothing on it but the black and white colors, which are kind of – and looks like a mm-hmm. quasar or a phasar mm-hmm. type thing, uh, which, of course, uh, feels like the colors of photons. So uh, she, Monica doesn't want to do the labs, and then we'll get to the briefing next. So what do you think about this whole opening? Are we laying the groundwork here, as Michael kind of alluded to in last episode, that maybe Wanda has changed molecularly Monica Rembo, and we are heading now toward Photon Spectrum or a, new, a Black Captain Marvel? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly the possibility that Wanda
2: did it, but also just being pushed through yeah. this pushed through this dome Great that point. may have uh, uh, adjusted Monica's sort of, you know, molecular makeup. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, and, and as as much fun as the 80s opening was, I think this scene is what we all were really kind of champing to get to mm-hmm. after the end of 4 is like, okay, what is the fallout from Monica being inside the, the hex? and then being pushed outside like what was her experience like what is she going to be able to remember we saw that her clothes were permanently changed it's like okay what else could possibly be permanently changed yeah
0: yeah uh what do you think there uh uh, emma what do you feel about that
3: well again like i think that one of the things that this is where you already start to see this idea of monica trying to if not already possessing a level of understanding mm. about like why Wanda is doing the things that she does like because again no. they, they very very intentionally you know show the close-up on uh like Maria Rambo's photo and and again like right. they're definitely driving home this idea of the fact that like Monica has undergone a bunch of grief and loss very, Mm -hmm. very recently. And that there is this level of her understanding like what Wanda was feeling like she's like, it was, it was loss. It was sadness. It wasn't like, anger or malice.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, Emma. And Michael, you know, you brought this up last episode, but it feels like this is their connective tissue between these two women. It certainly comes up a little bit later when they're face-to-face after the guns are pulled. And I I said,
1: Emma and I had a slightly differing opinion on last week's episode on Monica going into Westview. Yeah, Uh, Emma was saying that uh, she felt like, like Wanda was almost drawing Monica in. I felt it was the opposite, that Monica, because she had grief, was drawn to it. I think Emma was right and I was Mm. wrong, um, particularly because of some stuff that Monica says later on, but here, as you guys said, uh, yeah, when she says this feeling keeping me down, hopeless feeling, lo- uh, like drowning. Yeah. We, we, see, we see the picture of her mom. We see her in the hospital. Right. We also see a shot we haven't seen yet. When she says the word grief, there are a bunch of really quick cuts. Yes. And I went and had to pause it. There is a cut. There's an image of Wanda with her long hair, not her 70s long hair, like normal right, like Wanda. Regular. yeah. And she's crying in like just agony. And nowhere in the show thus far have we seen that. So that Good was point. something that was a little bit new. And then it went and it cut right from that to Monica, the moment in the hospital when Monica finds out that her mom died while she was blipped. Yeah. So you're, they're just very specifically saying these two have this connection, yeah. uh, which I think is really interesting. And yeah, like you, uh, John, you're totally right. When Then when she comes out of this and the CAT scan comes back and it's just like this bright white light with black around the edges, you're like, okay, well clearly, this is where we are going on this front. Like yeah. this is this is this is what's going down. And I do think it's true. Like we again, we get to a scene a little bit later, but the infinity stones are gone. Yeah. Thanos yeah, destroyed the infinity stones. The power of the Infinity Stones is still rocking around this universe, and it's rocking around in some people's bodies, Yeah, and Monica might now be one of them. Yeah, that's a very good
0: point. (laughs) Yeah, because in the comics, she's uh, transformed when she's exposed to extra-dimensional energy, which grants her the ability to manipulate the electromagnetic spectrum. CMBR, maybe, in some way. We shall see. That may come into play for sure. Uh, now we move on to the briefing. Uh, uh, Emma, we'll start with you, as you mentioned early when we started this episode, talking about uh, uh, you know a woman of color here trying to state her case, trying to go toe to toe with a white man in charge here, and uh, kind of a little bit being trying to be railroaded here. But at the beginning, we get this briefing by Hayward and Jimmy uh, that explains yes. a little more about Wanda Maxwell. and I think this is done for people who may not know the story. I'll tell you this: my girlfriend hasn't seen any of the Marvel movies. She has become oh. More and more, more, and more <laughs> engrossed every week that she watches. Yeah, it. In fact, we, she was working. I had my headphones on in the morning. Sure, and I was watching sure. yesterday, and she goes, "Actually, you can turn the sound on. I want to watch." I'm like, "What?" So, and so, oh. and so we It was really cute. So, this was a great thing oh. for people who maybe haven't seen the Marvel movies. This was a great explanation quickly about who Wanda Maximoff
3: is for the yes. most part. But you but, know, but also, yes, please go ahead, Randall Park.
1: Deserves
3: an Emmy for this scene because (laughs) again it was the way he was being treated by the white man in charge. Your point. Oh my god, (laughs) and he just they just portrayed it so so accurately, and it's not and like Hayward is not an over-the-top cartoonish villain, even though like we all look at him and we're like, Okay, baddie McBad guy. Um uh, but so does Darcy <laughs> yeah, yes ahead. exactly but that's the thing is like he is not a cartoonish villain he right. is just a white man who is used to being in a position of power and having everybody listen to him and also in a place where he is the acting director and feeling fragility of like oh the thing that I that I've come to know like I barely have a grasp on it I'm being disenfranchised and it's like fucking stop um yeah but but like the way that he explains things and 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 Jimmy Wu just being like, "Yeah, that's an oversimplification of like right. him basically being like Wanda bad, she she do bad things." And Jimmy's yeah. like, "Actually, it's more complicated than that." But right. okay, uh, and then him just kind of shoving him to the side in that moment that he has with Darcy where he's like, I don't want to speak ill of people. And she goes, I will. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> he's great. He's a
0: dork. Oh and then, my God. Uh, but, but, and you're absolutely right. And, and this leads to the uh, interaction with Monica. But yes. first, we should get into the fact that, Mike, they get the names of Wanda's parents for the first time Irina and Oleg Maximov in the comics, they were Django and Maria, but this is Irina and Oleg Maximov. So many people speculating that the two characters, the two actors we see in all these commercials are possibly her parents. We shall see. We do find out Wanda was born in 1989, which is consequently the same year that Elizabeth Olsen was born yes. <laughs> as well. And we hear that she doesn't have a funny name or nickname. So Scarlet Witch has not been spoken yet in the MCU uh, for this as well. But Feige in in 2019 at Comic-Con in Brazil said the show would reveal a name that I'm not even sure we've said in the MCU yet, but we absolutely make a big deal of in WandaVision, which is that Wanda is, in fact, the Scarlet Witch. What does that mean? That she is the Scarlet Witch. So all of this, Mikey, thoughts on all that? Yeah,
1: I have some opinions on that Scarlet Please. Witch part. It ties into my Agnes stuff. We'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, like, like uh, echoing everything Emma said, great scene. Everyone did a kick-ass job. Really interesting. I mean, as a continuation of the MCU's sort of uh, breakdown of superheroes from Civil War and uh, Secretary of State Ross and all that stuff, right, and th- right. they bring up the Sokovia Accords here. Yes. But this idea that Hayward is straight out and down the line saying Wanda is a villain. Yeah. And when Wu and when Wu sort of argues that and says like like when he says shit, you know that she and Pietro, born in 1989, radicalized by Hydra. Yeah. And Wu and Wu is like, well, that's not exactly right. Yeah. They were yeah. experimented on and he was like, yeah, she's a villain. And he's like, but before she became but then she became an Avenger. And he goes right, right down the line. He brings up everything. He brings up uh Lagos. He yeah. brings up Germany, which is the airport battle in civil war. He yeah. brings up all the points in the MCU where Wanda acted as the villain and very yeah. selectively pulls those out to make his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's it, I think it's really interesting. It's you really know, interesting. Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch as a character is beloved by people because she walks that line. She does mm-hmm. things that are wrong. She does villainous things, sometimes out of grief, sometimes because she's mind-controlled. There's lots of reasons and she's a hero, and she's a wonderful person, and she's loving, and she's an Avenger. So the fact that she walks this line, this scene right here, kind of, Johnny, to your point, gives you like a really good notes on Wanda in the MCU, but also makes a clear case that some people are like, she bad, and some people are like, no, she's not. And then for Monica to sort of continue that and say, look, that she's hurting. She's not a terrorist. She's. This is not what her deal is. Yeah. Yes. And even. And even when Hayward is like, "Um, uh, you," she threw you across New Jersey. Yeah. Monica makes the point and says, "Yeah, and I would have died, except that she protected me." Right. Right. Yeah. another is, break. Yet another break. It, a little so, bit there.
3: But yeah. it, it is. It's so important too. Like the the because it's like he's using terms like terrorist, and it's yeah. the fact that like Monica gets in there and basically says. No. Yeah. She doesn't actually mean harm to anybody. Like, yes, she is consequently harming people as a result of her actions. Right. In that, like, she's keeping people trapped and mind controlled in this little New Jersey town. But like, she doesn't have any designs on world domination. Like she's she just wants to contain her world.
0: Right, she said because he says he mind controlled thousands, and she said she could have mind controlled so much more, yes! but didn't only kept it in a small area in a small town. And of course, later right. on we'll see the conversation between uh, uh Wanda, if that is Wanda, and Hayward yeah. uh, in that in that moment. But another <laughs> thing for people who are in the comics, another thing to think about. Uh, her mother, Natalia Maxwell, of course, that's a different name in the comics than it is in this, was one of the greatest of the Scarlet Witches. She comes from a long line of Scarlet Witches, does one. So, is that going to play into this if these characters that we've seen in the commercials are actually her parents and maybe, maybe still alive? I don't know. We shall see. As you said, uh, 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 Monica gets involved in here, pushes back on him. We hear about this. And then Hayward pulling out the nuclear bomb says really you think he's cool she's cool well let's take a look at uh, wanda taking the body of vision out of sword headquarters which violates his living will violates the sokovia courts and this is a deleted scene from avengers endgame that feige had cut because he felt it wasn't in the rhythm of the movie and how it has played out in this uh, uh, uh series has been fantastic yeah. Shannon I go to you what's your reaction as you see these as you see this uh, deleted scene and Wanda like taking that body out? Well, we find out where this all started, One, right. or, or, or not
2: maybe not exactly where it started, but we get some, okay, hold on, because I'm, <laughs> I'm about to say something else where you're really going to wag your finger. <laughs> <laughs> One, we find out, we get a little more context, like, okay, this is where, this is what happened beforehand. Yeah. Now, and I get that Hayward definitely is not like a great guy here, but he's dealing with the information that he's been given. Like, yep, this is true, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> this- and this was
0: nine days ago when the body was stolen. We find that out as well. Yes, yes. Right. This
2: gal who used to be a bad guy who became a good guy, but then she went and like after like we don't know if she was sort of excused from you know the Germany crimes. Like you know, mm-hmm. Captain America broke those broke those people out. So we don't know if yeah. if, if if you know every the debt has been settled. But yeah. then she breaks into a secure facility and steals this thing. He's dealing with the information that he has been given. Right. So while I do agree that I don't think Hayward's motivations are great, he's he's not out to get her just because he doesn't like her. He sees no. her
0: as a threat.
3: No. For, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, no. No, no, no. Here's,
3: <laughs> say,
1: here's, say more, Emma. Say uh, more. You're saying you disagree, Mike, is what you're saying. You disagree. I, I, I he's, respectfully. I
3: think he's like actively targeting her.
1: Yes. I don't think yeah. it's that. Here, here's why I think Hayward is a very bad guy. Okay. Very. Okay. um uh not like a
3: regular bad guy yeah (laughs) i'll
1: put him i'll put him at like i'll put him at like governmental level bad guy yeah that's fair robber yes that's fair yes (laughs) shannon is correct like wanda in the eyes of the government uh is probably still seen as a criminal for breaking the sokovia accords and helping cap in germany and all of those things absolutely true the way that hayward presents this to monica is she is a bad guy because she stole vision's body and uh, and went against his living will and went against his wishes. And right. then it's Wu, I believe, who says he didn't want to be used as a weapon. As a bioweapon, yes. As a bioweapon. Um, let me ask you a question. Vision's body has been around dead for five years and two weeks. How mm. come it is lying on a table hooked up to a bunch of machines like it's a fucking taken apart Commodore 64?
3: Wait, why?
1: Wait. Why wasn't this buried? He's a hero. Why wasn't this put in a monument? She didn't break into some tomb to okay, take right. Vision's body. Wait, she he went. She, she goes in. Okay. He didn't yeah. blip. He just she died. She yeah, Mon- he died.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Monica and Wanda blip, so, but not Vision. So this died.
1: body has been around for five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanda goes in, pissed off. You know why? Because somebody or something probably said, "Hey, the love of your life, the guy that you love, who never wanted to be used as a weapon." look at what's happening right now and she went in and took it the fuck out of there because it was the government slash sword slash probably hayward who was actually doing exactly what vision didn't want to do and saying this is too powerful we should use this as a weapon That's why Hayward is a bad guy. His, him trying to pin it on on Wanda. Him saying, "Oh, Wanda's going against his his wishes." He was going against her his wishes. Wanda got the love of her life out of there because that's some bullshit. Okay, so (laughs) let me respectfully disagree
0: with my colleague here.
1: Uh, Let me respectfully disagree because
0: I don't think that's Wanda. That's what I'm. That's that's what's changed for me in this and also think
3: that it's wanda that went and got the body out and
0: and i don't think it's wanda that's confronting hayward when she comes out of that energy field i think that's either mephisto or agnes shape-shifting into wanda and doing all of this why else who else why i see your point mike that she would go in there love of my life blah 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 blah, 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 bloops but i also think possibly that if you're going to control wanda The way to control Wanda is to reanimate the body of the person she loves the most and give her this utopian existence where she can be back in love with her man who is still alive. Remember, Darcy asks, how the hell can she reanimate when the Mind Stone's not around anymore? Who is doing this? Well, Mephisto has the ability to reincarnate people. So and maybe with Agnes's help, there is this possibility. So that's where my I mean, I mean completely wrong, but that what has is that's ah. what's been hitting me throughout the episode as I'm watching it that this is not actually Wanda, this is someone else doing this and ta- and like you said, Mike, why five years later all of a sudden blah blues is taking this thing and yeah, maybe he's using it. But For- is it Nick Fury in charge of sword? Do you think
1: Nick For- Fury would allow 12. them to do this division's body? To be fair, Nick Fury was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we yeah. saw how that went with HYDRA. He's not impervious. Well, uh, well I'm just saying, you second wouldn't want
0: to put all, a negative thing on him. But second
1: yeah. of all, blobbity bloops aside... Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, no, no. I, okay, I no. do think... I, do think uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that the idea that whenever Wanda's doing bad things or villainous things, she's a shape-shifted other person, I think is maybe... A little bit overly complicated. I could be wrong on that. That's you might overly be right. And
0: We're dealing with multiverses. That's overly complicated. Well, that's why I think. I, th- I think that with okay. so
1: many other things going on that are v- metaphysical, infinity stone, multiversal, everything else, yeah. going like I, I think that, like to a degree, we believe what we see. Now, to Shannon's point, we see Wanda come in and take Vision's body. Right. And Shannon had one opinion on that. I had one opinion on that based on the exact footage but i yep. do think and i again i could be wrong here i think we have to presume that that footage is real and that when when wanda comes out of uh of westview in the portal and a little bit later mm-hmm. i think that is wanda because i think it actually makes the story more interesting but i could be completely wrong too so we shall uh, see she comes out with that accent all of a sudden uh
0: I, I i that's what i feel like it's not her i think they're a little heavy but oh. I, you know like i said could be completely wrong but uh, this is an interesting moment. But I will say, I will defend Hayward just a little bit. As someone who served in the military, as someone who served in military intelligence, this is how you approach these kinds of things. You want to, you, you don't sit around in a think tank and go, hmm, do you think it's dangerous? And then the attack happens. You kind of make a little more of an aggressive move. That being said, Hayward is acting in the way that he thinks is correct, but he is cherry-picking information to go in a certain direction that's a fair criticism of him and he may end up being a really bad guy mike as you say or a normally bad guy as emma just said we shall see
2: <laughs> yeah, for
0: <laughs> and john to, yeah. to, to the to the point of like how come
2: you haven't buried vision vision's body is a weapon, so yeah, he, it's not like you can
1: just bury yeah. him, it's not like, going to decompose you, in the yeah. earth, right? exactly. You have yeah. to keep him in a secure location, yeah. yeah uh, secure is one thing, laid out on a table with wires stuck into him is another. Yeah, I'm just it's,
3: saying, it's I, um, Good point hmm. Inter- <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I, I had not considered your theory at all, roca Yeah, I
0: don't,
3: like I, I, I said, don't, it's I don't think off. it's totally off base, I, I don't think it's totally off base, even though. I still think that it was really Wanda that emerged from the the, the sort of bubble yeah. of Westview. Um, and my reasons for that, w- we can get into as we get closer. We
0: to Absolutely, we will. To that um, scene. Yeah, there's the question, uh, like I said, how does she do it without the Mindstone Darcy asks, what happens when Vision learns the truth? Once again, as we as I pointed out earlier, this idea of Vision waking up more and more from what's happening in here and being less controlled by wanda or whoever's controlling this uh it, as this goes along as you're waking up vision more and more you can't stop vision from becoming what he's going to become and that certainly is what happens in that confrontation with one or is said in that confrontation with wanda later on uh all right let's jump into our next scene here the twins are washing a dog in the sink well well uh the suspenders uh they, oh one last thing in that last scene nine days ago is this nine times from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I don't know. It's a uh, reference. Anyway, <laughs> just throwing it in there. But yeah, there we go. Y'all, <laughs> y'all getting crazy. Y'all getting it's crazy. and wild. wild. Well, uh, well, uh, uh, well, Wanda comes in, sees the kids. She's wearing the suspenders. Family Matters. Is this an Urkel suspenders thing? I think so, in my opinion. Uh, the twins. <laughs> twins certainly feeling like a Full House reference. But we get yet another animal introduced into... <laughs> this series we had the stork before we had the rabbit and remember the rabbit people connect to Agatha Harkness Agatha Harkness had a rabbit but the stork there Wanda's powers didn't work on the stork the dog is here she starts to give this lesson about taking care of a living thing the responsibility of all of this uh and then Vision comes in in his uh, look in his formal look as a human being uh and it is because he thinks someone is about to show up and someone does but before we get to that and that's Agnes obviously before we get to that he comes in with this newspaper with the headline that reads local homemakers innovating <laughs> recipes but when he folds the paper in a certain way just like he did a couple episodes ago it yeah. says HOM which could be house of M reference
1: I, we shall see but yeah I went and looked at that newspaper thing and like I, and again I walk a fine line because sometimes I'll be like oh look at that reference but I yeah. watched him fold that paper I like <laughs> ran it back like three times and I was like The, the, he folded it and held it and they were like, this is going to say house of, like, I'm like, I feel like that is maybe a step too far for me. It's not (laughs) incorrect. Like it clearly (laughs) is H-O-M, but I'm like, well, the wine,
0: the wine said house of uh, my The wine, you are, the wine is for sure. The wine
1: was, the wine wine was for sure a house of M. (laughs) This one, I was a little bit like, "Uh, I don't know.
0: But, Emma, we're here in this moment, she's saying taking care of a living thing is a response. Like, in this moment, she's almost unaware of what is happening or what she's created, which is why I'm even more, uh, as this episode went along, even more firmly believing that she is not the one in control of this bully. Uh, And she's giving this lesson to the kids about taking care of a living thing, which yes. he, she is doing by taking care of Vision, bringing it back to life. A hundred
3: percent. Yeah. And, I mean, we just see in this episode, too, this, this idea of – it's like she's get, she's losing her control, whatever level of control she has or doesn't have on mm-hmm. this reality is like slipping away from her. But it's also like she's introducing ideas of reality back into this pseudo reality where yeah, normally yeah. she does just magic everything to make it all right. But like in this episode, it's like, we, I mean, it deals with, again, like it's on a very special episode. So mm-hmm. we're dealing with themes of, you know, death and, and loss mm-hmm. and things like that. And we're seeing her explore those even within this like perfectly crafted world, which mm-hmm. isn't so perfect. So it's, yeah, it is, it's definitely interesting. And again, we're like setting up the idea there of like taking care of a living thing is a big responsibility. And yeah. she has also taken on... The responsibility of caring for this yeah. for for her kids yeah. for for it's reanimated happened. vision for this entire reality
0: yeah absolutely. that's a great point uh shannon agnes comes in with a doghouse uh and uh right on time and you know and and exactly what vision vision's starting to figure this world out and every episode piece by piece he's starting to figure this world out and how it works and how it operates which May lead to a massive moment, I think, at the end of this series. Uh, anyway, they decide to call the dog Sparky. Michael, I'm sure you know the reference to this in the comics. Yes,
1: uh, Shannon actually told me. He's oh, the Shannon, one that informed please, me of it. Oh. Shannon, take it, take
2: it away. Yeah, mother. from Tom King's Vision mini series. Vision builds himself a dog, uh, <laughs> and, and he names it Sparky. Actually, because Vision has it's a, it's a, a, a wife and, and two kids, I think. But, but it's not
0: Wanda, but it's not Wanda. No, it's, no, no. no, no. It's not no
2: and they yeah. all have V names. Like, I think his wife's Virginia. But they move into a D.C. neighborhood. And this also connects back to the Grim Reaper. Now, I don't think the Grim Reaper's necessarily going to show up in this sure. at this point. But in the mm-hmm. comics, um, Vision's wife kills the Grim Reaper, buries in the backyard. And he mm-hmm. has this kind of uh, scythe. This, that's his weapon. And a local dog, uh, as dogs do, digs up down to, to this body and the dog touches the scythe and dies. Yeah. So Vision takes that dog's brain or consciousness. I can't remember. Uh, and then he creates his own dog called right. Sparky. And then Sparky in the comics also meets an unfortunate fate.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fortunate fate being that one envisions children in a fit of rage beats the dog to death. And Scarlet Witch has to resurrect the dog, which is a weird.
3: What's going on in the comics, man? Scarlet Witch and Tony
0: Stark. Yeah, Yeah. Tony Stark, right, yeah.
3: It's interesting with Sparky, too, because, like, somebody had brought up previously the idea of, oh, I wonder if they'll include Sparky on the show because it's pretty common for families in sitcoms to have a dog. I was like, I... I appreciate the way it was done and obviously like this is a little more in line with what actually went down with Sparky in the comics but I did think for a moment it would be sort of funny if Sparky was in one episode and then just disappeared and we never addressed it, a la the yeah. Brady Bunch's dog. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the most important, like Johnny, like you said, I think it's important that now Vision is just totally like, I assume Agnes is going to come in right. at the right moment, which I think is you just see him yeah. slowly piecing it together. But the most important thing is when Wanda, just very cavalierly, as you mentioned earlier, Johnny, makes the, makes the dog collar. And yes. Vision kind of freaks out. He's like, hey, yeah. Agnes is right here. And she says she's tired of hiding. She yeah. says that they don't. She doesn't feel like they need to hide anymore. And then Vision says, "This is. A, I think this is the most important line in this whole little moment. Is he says, Wanda, we are usually. Uh, wow, well, where is of it? the, Wait, same, uh, mind. Of we, the yeah, same mind? yeah. We are usually so much. Yeah, we are usually so much of the same mind. Yeah. Obviously, the Mind Stone connects them, but they really are usually totally in sync. And up to this point, they've been a team. And this is the episode where they are not a team because mm-hmm. Vision is going in one direction and Juan is going in another direction. And like right. the fact that it's, you know, the, the specific wording of we're usually of the same mind uh, yeah. I think is really important here. Yeah, and this scene is
0: absolutely where we understand Agnes is in on this because Agnes totally watches her create the leash. It's no big <laughs> deal. And watches the kids age from babies earlier, from babies to five-year-olds and now from five mm-hmm. to 10-year-olds. When Wanda says you can't take care of the kids until with, with a vision until maybe 10, and then they, they alter themselves. How What is that all about? Who is doing that? So this is – she can't control these kids, no. like Agnes said earlier. So what is this going to lead to, I wonder, uh, as we move forward? Uh, but, yeah, all right. Then we cut to Monica and Jimmy and Darcy. You know, Jimmy coming in, carrying the coffee. Where well, Monica is now – that she's mapping this out. She's creating a plan. Michael, I'll go to you on this one. 10,000-pound fallout shelter with lead for photons, cadmium for neutrons, tantalum for seismic blasts on wheels um uh, they jimmy gets a uh, uh, school that the kids have, have jumped to 10 and jimmy says they will be empty nesters by uh n- by dinner time empty nest <laughs> empty nest was a sitcom in the 80s with richard mulligan uh and then she says she knows an aerospace engineer who'd be up for this challenge michael who is she texting
1: well, we don't know, uh, uh, but 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 a lot of money is on uh uh Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Uh, yeah, Reed Richards, She clearly, she clearly, you know, she's standing next to this uh, dry erase board, this whiteboard that has all of these computational things. She's trying to figure out this like impossible to do thing. Right. She knows an aerospace engineer who'd be up for this challenge. Could be Reed Richards. That I think that's what everybody's hope is pinned right. on. Yeah, um, it could be uh, a, a Victor Von Doom. It could be a Sue Richards. Oh, that's Uh, a good point. Even before we go on to any other possibilities, keep in mind that Sue Richards is also yes. a really smart scientist yeah. in her own right. Mm-hmm. And in the Ultimate Marvel Universe and in like the two movie versions, mm-hmm. uh, in, in versions of the Fantastic Four story, um, Victor Von Doom is uh, feels like he is smarter than Reed Richards and is on the same intellectual level. So however they are planning on folding the Fantastic Four into the MCU, this could be a beginning thing. Mm-hmm. Another theory that uh, is out there that I think is also kind of interesting, I think less likely. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know what's going on with mutants. We don't know if they're all going to get dropped through a portal at some point and it's (laughs) just like a free-for-all. We don't know if the fact that there was a Pietro in another verse and a Pietro in this universe means that there are others in our universe that are the non-mutant versions. Is this young aerospace engineer going to be a uh, a young, smart, human Hank McCoy? Uh, You know, I think there's a lot of possibilities, but... Clearly, it is a somebody. You don't throw that line in there out yeah, of nowhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's not a thing. So definitely another thing for everyone to put their tin hats on and uh, conjecture wildly about until we get an answer. Is it a
0: de-aged Kelsey Grammar or is it Nicholas Holt? What do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> what want to say? Oh, Kelsey.
2: There's also uh, a scientist Kelsey. character named uh, Adam Brashear yeah. who becomes a superhero nam- named uh, Blue Marvel who was yes. on the Ultimates the same time as uh, monica
0: you're right so- and he, he becomes uh, his energies are absorbed from the fantastic four friendly negative zone that's how he comes to be able to do the things that he is doing and has served with captain marvel in the ultimates now to back up michael's claim which he just said a couple of seconds ago in the spanish translation they put ingeniera which is a female engineer when she says this in Indiana, so it could be Sue Storm. Another person that they're speculating I've seen around is Abigail Brand, who was the first major character in Sword Comics history and a major player in the current series and a recent Alpha Flight member. Let me tell you something. Yeah. If they fucking find a way to shove Alpha Flight in here, I'm gonna lose my motherfucking <laughs> mind. I'm gonna tell you this because really, uh, I love Alpha Flight and they've always been the redheaded stepchildren of the M- of the Marvel Comics universe. So I want Alpha Flight in there, man. Anyway, go ahead. The, also, the most one of the most diverse. Teams ever put together in Marvel history. Uh, Michael, what do you that. think about this?
1: Uh, I think I, I, I actually really like <laughs> Abigail Brand. She's a really cool character. I I, met, I first met her I think in the Joss Whedon run of X Men mm-hmm. where they introduced Sword and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, she's really cool. And assuming that uh, Director Hayward is not going to stay Director Hayward because he is a Bad actually.
3: guy. <laughs> uh, but we don't know if he's just regular bad or really bad.
1: I, I could see, I could see them, uh, I could see them trying to come up with something else. But actually, beyond that, I think the the, the conversation that happens just following this about. Uh, clarifying Wanda's power levels, clarifying what Wanda's power yeah, is, yeah. and a discussion about the Infinity Stones, I think is super, super interesting. Yeah, yeah. one last
0: one last uh, possibility is Tony Ho, which is the daughter of Ho Yinsen, who in the comics ends up adopting the Iron Patriot armor and moniker. So bringing her, her in could lay the groundwork for that Iron Armor Wars series that's coming down the road as well. We shall see. Who knows? We shall see. Yeah, uh, all right. They say the hex uh, is what Darcy's calling this anomaly. Yeah. The Maximoff anomaly, Darcy is calling it the hex, of course, w- of witch powers, hex, hexing people. All of that certainly <laughs> kind of mix in here. But Darcy asks Monica why she really wants to go back in there because of how uh, what Wanda did to her mind. And Jimmy and Darcy debate with Monica about how much her power is controlling everything. They discuss how she could have beat Thanos, which we all know. How does Darcy know Maybe Darcy and Jimmy have been raiding the sword files. Who knows? Mm. Captain Marvel came close. And then Monica, and then uh, 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 Emma, Monica has a weird face when they mention Captain Marvel. What is yep. that? About?
3: And she's like, I don't want to, she's like, we're not talking about Captain Marvel. It's yeah. her again. It's like, it's this whole idea of like grief and processing and deflecting. And, you know, right. just again, because, because, Monica Rambo is somebody who was exposed to the idea of extraterrestrial life and scrolls, et cetera, at a very mm. young age and yep. like comes from this incredible place of understanding, misunderstanding, you know what I yeah. of like yeah. of like realizing that like from one person's perspective, you might be the villain, but like you're the hero of your own story. Right. And so like with her, it, but at the same time, she's like actively trying to not make any of this about her.
0: Right, right, right. She's like
3: this is about Wanda. We're dealing we're dealing with the Wanda stuff right now. Yeah. It's like Mm, yeah. I think you got some stuff you need to process. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is there a thing? Is there a feeling there? Because maybe Captain Marvel, after establishing a strong relationship with Monica and Maria, Captain Marvel was off flying off in the other galaxy. Remember, Captain Marvel's the voice she hears yeah. right before her eyes wake up out of when she blips back. Uh what do you think about this, Mike? Do you think it's uh do you think there's anything here to explore here before
1: the uh for sure. I mean, I think that uh a couple things. One um, as I was saying, as this whole conversation happens, part of the reason it happens is because they are uh, sort of clarifying what Wanda's power set is. Like, in yeah. the world of the MCU, the way they understand it, as we've discussed, she can move things, which is telekinesis. Yes. And she has telepathic powers where she can give people visions. And what's interesting mm. here is that uh, what we learn, which is I think is valuable, is that what S.W.O.R.D.'s assumption right now is, is that everything they're seeing on the TV is a vision, not reality. Right. And it's Monica yes. that actually uh, sets them straight that this is way more, way bigger than what they previously thought, which yeah. is what brings this whole conversation about power levels. And yeah, when they we get the the thing that Kevin Feige said mm-hmm. at Comic Con years ago, which is yes. Mm-hmm she was uh, Eliz- uh wanda maximop was absolutely gonna kick thanos's ass she yeah. is that powerful and yeah. the only other person who is that powerful is captain marvel because yep. of the infinity stone part right. of their power sets Yes, and i think that monica I, I think that it does have a lot to do with the fact that uh carol did come back yeah when the blip happened right. and went and did all the things that she did as Captain Marvel and maybe never saw Maria when Maria yeah, was Yeah, you know, exactly. The, fact that, the fact that Maria is her best friend, Maria was the one who was always there for her, and that Monica is dealing with the fact that she was blipped out of existence and was not there for her mom, and also Carol, who there clearly did come yeah. back to Earth, was also not there. So I just think there's a lot of unresolved anger and uh, upset there that we're going to dive into.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My, uh, Shannon, Any anything on this? Oh
2: um yeah that was kind of my my thought as okay. well is that carol carol kind of upped and left when when monica was just a kid and mm-hmm. since she's been back either there has been some sort of reunion and uh, monica might have some issues like you were my mom's best friend and you were gone yeah. when she died or the fact that maybe she hasn't come back at all yeah. that mm-hmm. again this is this, you were my mom's best friend and you left us and look what happened she
0: died yeah, yeah. Well, good point good point uh and we hear that Wanda is rewriting reality permanently inside there that this is the feeling that although when they're in there everything is real she is rewriting the reality there within the town and so whatever she creates in that town or whoever shows up in that town you could argue is real but uh we don't know 100 percent if that's going to be the truth when this is all done well, oh John is what we' here yeah Hand- just yeah, sorry. Just one quick thing that
2: I noticed in the background. Yeah. Uh, the, the mailman, Dennis the mailman, had a profile in the background. Oh yes. Dottie still does not. No,
1: yeah. interesting. Uh, huh. And keep in mind her Monica's outfit, the the '70s outfit, is still a '70s outfit outside of Westview. It didn't yeah. turn back into Kevlar. So exactly. So it's a reality. What, yeah. what Wanda is doing in Westview, or what somebody is doing in Westview, yeah. Uh, that that still. Maintains its new structure outside yeah. of Westview, right? Because they shoot the clothes. Well, she they, was wearing a bulletproof
0: vest. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sir. They have Remember? the
3: the the helicopter drone, and the, yes, and they yes. show it like it's still Iron Man colors.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely, as well. So whatever comes out of that thing that is changed remains changed. Right, but it's
3: fundamentally like what it already, because it's like she had a Keflar suit on. Yeah, She shoots her outfit and it still, you know, is resistant to bullets.
0: Right, right. right. Exactly. So whatever she converts it there. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I know we're already an hour in, so we got (laughs) to move. Sorry, guys. But yeah, uh, thank you for staying with us through the first hour. Let's get into it. We'll see if we'll go in the second hour. But let's give me this whole scene here. Now we get into, I think, the really critical scene of the, uh, I mean, there are a lot of critical scenes, really, but this one is, for me, stands out. The computational system scene here where we go back into we haven't been in this office i don't think since we were first in that office a few episodes ago or a couple episodes ago vision is there uh you know norm is there says hey it's like you speak their language blah 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 and vision is cool with it this time around he doesn't get yeah. all offended or anything like that vision is working on a commodore 64 look i don't like to show my age usually ladies and gentlemen but i had a commodore 64 <laughs> so it was fucking nuts to see it but i haven't seen it in a very very long time and this, that was an awesome thing the commodore 64 uh, Norm, when he walks over there, we get the email situation. Uh, Norm making a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference when he says, Cowabunga, dude, when they're going to surf the internet. Some of you may be saying, there wasn't an internet in the eight. Yes, there was. The internet yeah, was existed was. in the 60s in a very, very rough format. Yeah. The internet existed in the 60s. So it's been around. We get this email from S.W.O.R.D., and this is them trying to communicate because they discover, Darcy and Jimmy and Monica, that whatever they send in there, they can communicate in some way. Remember, Jimmy communicated through the radio three ep- or two episodes ago so the email is sore top secret communicate authenticate dr darcy lewis's findings regarding maximoff anomaly high levels of radiation president perimeter effective on westview residents unknown please advise they laugh at the email then uh vision unhooks norm from the whole situation shannon norm screams no, no not really screams it says oh my god uh help me please she is doing this doesn't say wanda she says, no. is doing this Says I got to get to my phone. Call my sister. She's taking care of our mom. And then Vision snaps him back before he t- completely breaks. Yeah. Uh, and the scene. And then he says, uh, and he says you have to stop her and all of that. And then he says, technology, huh? And that's the end of the scene. So Shannon, <laughs> thoughts on this whole fucking
2: scene? Jesus. Well, one, like we know, we know it's a sword communique, but who's, yeah. who sent it and to whom? And yeah. why did it, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not the Jimmy situation where he got on the radio and is trying to communicate directly with Wanda. This is an, in, it seems like this is an internal communication. Yes. How it was able to be bled into Westview and uh, specifically the computational services. Um, I have no idea. And it also makes us think like outside of Wanda's sort of immediate point of
0: view, how is, how is all this st- other stuff still happening? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Absolutely. Mike, do you think this is real? Is this is, or is this being sent to kind of let people know, don't wander out of that perimeter. Don't wander out into the energy field, radiation on the other side. Like, is this to help them or to hurt them?
1: What do you think? I I think it's neither. I think it's an accident. I think that I think oh. that as we find out as we find out from the drone shortly, okay. as as we're getting closer and closer to modern day, it's going to get easier and easier for things to pass back and forth. Like they made yeah. a point. The reason yeah. the reason they're able to send this drone in in the next scene is because in the 80s drones existed. Yes, and So yes. they can do it. Similarly, we now have computers that are close enough to yeah. the computers that are outside of Westview that yeah. they're picking up picking up a random email. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's actually intended, okay. but I think we're seeing how. Uh, almost as if somebody who was kind of wanting to escape something but kind of not wanting to escape something might want to make things more and more modern bit by bit so that <laughs> she could maybe get the help that she's not oh, uh, seeking. Yeah. Uh, just an idea. And yeah, and I totally picked up on what you guys said as well, this idea that Norm is very, you know, Mon- Monica earlier on with Hayward when he says... Um, when they're arguing about whether Juan is a terrorist, he yeah. says to her, You know, uh, you said that you felt in pain, violated. Mm. Uh, it was excruciating. Yeah. And Norm sort of echoes this here by saying, She's in my head, it's yes. not my own. It hurts so much, make her stop. And yeah. I think we're all sort of at the same opinion there that he doesn't say Wanda specifically. And <laughs> yeah. that whether it be Dottie or Agnes or mm. someone else, or if maybe Mephisto's or, a female now in the MCU. Or whatever oh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it could be, I think that now... we are seeing that we are seeing that the person who is actually doing the major controlling. Of what's going on in Westview outside of Wanda's immediate purview yeah. uh, is 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 a nasty customer. Yeah, I'm now
3: perfect. cycling back around to the fact that it was uh, Agnes who brought up the idea that Monica as Geraldine didn't belong there.
0: Right. Right. A sword agent. A sword agent doesn't belong with yeah. this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's that. The- yeah, which again goes back to the idea that we that I brought up previously about how like it was Wanda who sort of like re- reached out and like extended the offer. That's like like Monica was mm. able to pass in because of her like grief connection right. to Wanda. And that's how she was able to like get into the barrier. Yeah. But then it because she was like, Oh, Wanda, rem- like remember your life. <laughs> she got right, kicked
0: out. Right, right, right. <laughs> and maybe this is these little breaks for maybe Wanda fighting it back against this mind control at a very subconscious level. Who knows? Well,
2: and yeah. the thing the thing, and I and I will try to be well, quick Doc with this, but, knows, Yeah. Go the the thing that this made me think of, this this idea that that Dottie is is Mephisto? Mm. I'm thinking about their conversation. Well, you think Dottie's Mephisto? I I I, I okay. don't know. I I think okay. I think as she doesn't Darcy, have a
3: profile. Yeah, that's a good as, point.
2: Yeah. And as Darcy said, it's a working theory. I yeah. The conversation <laughs> that they had at the pool, that Wanda and Dottie had at the pool, where yeah. Dottie's like, I don't trust you and then wanda is able to act you know accidentally hurt her with the glass mm-hmm. um the whole idea that maybe wanda made a deal with mephisto and mephisto is kind of like hey whatever our deal was you're delaying it like yeah. let's get going oh, interesting
3: Okay. Oh, working interesting.
1: theory. But it's a- word. I did. I I I had the same working theory yesterday. I did go back and rewatch the scene from episode two, and Dottie does get a little too scared of Wanda at one moment. Yes, like who, who? What are you? Or who are you really? That it made me feel like not Mephisto, but I definitely think that Dottie is more than she appears definitely.
3: for sure. Yeah.
2: But don't you think it's a possibility that Mephisto thought Mephisto was in the power position and suddenly realized, oh, Wanda is way more powerful than I had bargained for?
0: Sure. 100%. 100%. So uh, just a real quick uh, Easter egg here uh, that also relates to the House of M. There was a girl named Layla Miller that resisted Wanda's influence and possessed the ability to awaken others with a touch. She used those powers to awaken the Avengers, who successfully forced Wanda to reset reality back to normal uh albeit at a cost but that's what vision just did waking norm up so i don't know uh, i didn't know he had that power in the past so we're discovering I, so much about
1: vision now go ahead Mikey. also on the Layla miller front and i do yeah. think I, oh, I know we're running over but i think this is yeah. uh apropos of this whole thing dr strange in house of m points out that Layla Miller's ability in the alternate reality that Wanda built to wake people up and have them remember was almost like Wanda subconsciously creating somebody to help sort of keep her in check or set right. things back right so even yep. in house of M, which is the ultimate story of wanda reshaping all reality right in the way that dr strange described what she's doing she sort of created a back door to help control her because she knew she could get out of control so yep. i think that the layler miller connection or that idea of i am doing something to deal with my grief i think i want something but somewhere deep down i know that this isn't right, right. might come into play here
0: Right, and this, these ideas that we've heard from, I hope she's not just an out of control woman. Which are legitimate criticisms to lob at this at this point. This might be, you know, addressed yeah. as we go along throughout uh, the series for sure. All right, we move on to the next scene. Billy and uh, Billy making Sparky do tricks. That was radical, totally an '80s term. Why is Dad at work? Juana says it, it's Monday. The kids say no. This morning it was Saturday. Juana says, "Look, he needed a distraction." Uh, they're like, "From us, no." Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes your dad and I aren't on the same page. That's temporary. She makes a reference to them being brothers and that they may fight. They're still family. Then the kids ask if she has a brother. She is second time. This has been referenced in the show. She does not send the kids out of the energy field, though. She says she does and that he's far away from here. And that makes me sad sometimes. Then we hear Sparky growling at the door. Really interesting. The dog. Uh, something is scaring him. Then we see the drone going in. Wanda decides what makes it on to the broadcast because we don't see the drone in the broadcast yeah she wants it out of the frame she does Wanda comes out there and then we see through uh what monica is looking at they're back at the sword headquarters or the compound they have there that uh wanda's eyes turn red uh hayward then turns on monica who thought the drone oh. was unarmed and says take a shot the screen grows dark There's a breach at the anomaly that we run out to there and then Wanda comes out. So Mm -hmm. do we need to talk about any of this or shall we get to Wanda coming out of the energy? (sighs) All
3: I'm going to say is I feel like I'm 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 getting more on board with Mike's theory, like hearing that again, that uh, that Hayward is a is a really bad guy (laughs) and that he's he's shooting because he's trying to get vision back from Wanda
0: right right Uh good point good point good point yeah but the idea of the brother being brought up is obviously <laughs> going to be uh paid off a little yes. bit later on in this episode all right let's get to the big scene here mikey wanda walks out as i said earlier i don't know if that's wanda necessarily she tosses the drone at hayward asked if this is your hey yours oh. hayward explains that she could hardly blame them which is kind of a fair argument she says to leave her alone and this is their only warning stay out of my home, you right. don't bother me, I won't bother you. She has the Sokovian accent for one line for whatever reason then reverts back to what we've heard, seen her talk before. She's dressed as she was when Avengers Endgame finished. Uh, and uh, she says she uh, – then then Monica walks over confronts her and says, hey, you know, you must trust me at some level. You brought me into your world as a SWORD agent. You trusted me to help to deliver the babies. I want to help you. How? What can you possibly have to offer me? What do you want? I have what I want and no one will take it from me again. Then she turns the guns on Hayward and we see the red eyes and the shoulders and she walks back to knowledge. So Michael, this entire scene
1: what is your feeling? What did you get out of it? I mean this scene is great this is the scarlet witch that everybody wants this is this is the wanda maximoth that is so powerful i mean like we said I mean, we, we reference house of m a lot the opening of house of m is all of the avengers and the x-men getting together and saying nobody can control wanda do we need to kill her like she's right. too powerful and this is the wanda that comic book fans want to see. Someone who, she walked out, I was saying this last night to somebody, she mm-hmm. walked out, it was her against an entire squadron of SWORD agents and your first thought was, those SWORD guys are fucked. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> like there was no, the, the, the power, yes. the, the, who, who had the power in this scene was never in mm-hmm. question. Never. Um, really quick, like, you know, yeah, like this is where Johnny's right, Sokovian accent definitely coming back strong here, so definitely a choice. Uh, Monica, this is what she's. This is what I was referencing earlier. She says you're a telepath. Uh, you brought a sword agent into your home. On right. some level, you trusted me to help deliver your babies. So to what Emma was saying last week, it does seem like Monica's making the point. Like you knew who I was on some level. Yeah. Uh, on some level, you understood what was going on and it wasn't until like she kind of like broke the fourth wall and brought up ultron that like wanda was like nope let's get out of here so yeah. again on some level wanda is sort of almost seeking help almost yeah. you, like yeah. she says like she, like monica says let me help you like what let me help and uh wanda says what could you have to offer me and monica says what do you want like yeah. it's a very open-ended moment between these two and it's not quite resolved so i do think this Fact that Monica sort of gets Wanda and there is on some level Wanda at some level trusts Mm -hmm. her. Uh, And then, yeah, like in referencing, you know, uh, Wanda says in Endgame to Thanos, you've taken everything from me. And we get an echo of that back when she says to Hayward and everybody, no one will take it from me again. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think you can go through this scene and not point out the clear... clear homage to the first X-Men movie uh, (laughs) where Magneto, who in some multiverses is Wanda's dad, uh, yeah. uses his magnetism powers to turn guns on a bunch of policemen. And Wanda uses her telepathic powers to do the exact same thing here. And everything about it just screamed Brian Singer's 2000 X-Men movie so much <laughs> that I think it it is not by accident. And then she walks off and it was just badass from top to bottom. Yeah.
0: What do you think, <laughs> Em, of this entire scene?
3: I loved it. Because again, like, because once again, it is, it is very much like Mike was saying, you were never, there was never any doubt that Wanda was going to walk away from this unscathed because she is so powerful. But I love the idea of it was just really hammering home this thought that Monica had introduced earlier during the briefing scene that like, because, because basically Monica straight up says, I don't think that you started this with any malice. Like, I don't think there's any malice in your heart in having built this Westview fake reality that you're living in and mind-controlling these people. Like, it doesn't come from a place of malice. It comes from a place of you wanting to, like create a reality in which you are in control because yeah. wanda is so so powerful and i i talked about this last week she's so so powerful and yet she couldn't save her brother she couldn't mm. save vision like all of her power has amounted to nothing and so here she's using it to create this happy reality that she has never ever had
0: right right
3: and so again this that monica's like i i you'd I know you don't want to hurt these people like you are like but you are hurting these people what can I do to help you and you you know that on some level, this is wrong, and you do trust me on some level.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shan, thoughts real quick? <laughs> yeah, to, to, you know, just to go off of what Emma said. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wanda doesn't want to hurt these people, which makes us think that Wanda is not the principal antagonist yeah. right. of WandaVision, that there is someone else at play. I don't necessarily think it's Hayward.
1: I, I agree, Hayward's yeah. not a good guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't but, think, oh, but yeah, I don't like, think Hayward is doing that for sure. No, no. But, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, there is a moment and i refrain to bring i almost refrain to bring this up because i didn't want to look like i was doing an about face to what i was chatting about with michael earlier Mm -hmm. um wanda does call hayward director Mm -hmm. which means this is not the first time these two have spoken so there is a history here yeah so again hayward not a good guy Right, but uh, i'm
0: not willing to acquiesce that michael is right about everything yeah. well, well the sokovian situation the accent really does i don't know where that's from because i don't know why they made that decision i got i want to explore that more at some point down the road uh because is it connected to wanda saying i'm tired of hiding when she created the leash i'm tired of hiding who i am did she change her accent to kind of integrate herself with the avengers more so she wouldn't seem or reference right. sokovia more i don't know but her pulling it out right at the beginning it doesn't stay consistent throughout the rest of her uh, back and forth with monica and hayward but it is there right at the beginning so i, I you know like i said i think it might be Mephisto, but could very well be wanted there was just something about El- the way elizabeth was playing it that i 100 believe that was the wanda maximoff we have seen before because nothing they say affects her nothing they say gives her pause nothing they say changes her mind sure. so i wonder i wonder we'll see anyway let's get to the shannon part of the episode the commercial here the lagos <laughs> paper towels for when you make a mess you didn't mean to uh which of course referencing what happened in lagos shannon these are the i saw people uh, referencing that these are the infinity stones the colors are correlating with every one of these commercials we get another one the red one here what, what was your, do you agree with this
2: well, I don't, I, I don't know because okay. uh, in that they were also kind of associating each each commercial with the stone. That the, yeah. the toaster was power, the the watch was time. Yes, the bubble bath was space. Yep. and then this would be the reality. Yeah. Um. The ether, so yeah, so I, I I buy that more than the colors because the first one was in black and white, and the yeah. light, oh, light was red. Um. So yeah, I mean, if the, if that theory is correct, then we have two more we have two more commercials to go through and, and the, the strong thinking would be is that mind would be the last one.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, What do
2: you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that online and I kind of like did a head smack. Like, how did we not see this? Like we have (laughs) six, (laughs) obviously hexagon six, Infinity yeah. Stones. The enti- six is the thing. We have six eras of TV that we are doing: 50s, 60s, 70s, True. 80s, and we know 90s and 2000s, which means we get six commercials. Right. Uh, and I went back and rewatched the commercials, and yeah, like. Uh, a bomb is powerful. The toaster is the Stark bomb. Yeah, a watch yeah. is time. The Hydra soak is a blue cube. And then the commercial says, "When you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere, which is right. what the space stone allows you to do." Uh, yeah. And then the Lagos, the Lagos <laughs> brand paper towels are cleaning up a red spill of red liquid, which is the ether, which is the reality stone. The so reality. I yeah. think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much dead on yeah um, and as we've discussed early on uh you know Lagos brand paper towels for when you make a mess you didn't mean to right. which is exactly what Wanda does in Lagos right another thing I got accused last night of being a tinfoil hat person the way Shannon is but <laughs> something uh, and I don't know what this means I actually don't know but like I noticed it in the in the uh Hydra soak commercial Mm. and I didn't see anybody say anything about it online and I was like maybe it's just a thing but if we're assuming that these are Wanda's parents in the commercial which I think is a safe bet and then in the past in in this commercial in the last commercial they had two kids yeah why is the girl black uh I don't know yeah I don't know like I was I was told that that probably wasn't anything and it wasn't a big deal but because these commercials are so go out of their way to mean everything and the fact that Monica Rambeau uh, in the third episode kind of became like a major character, and everything else. Like, I do just think it's an interesting choice that you have yeah. these two white slash European uh, couple who we've seen right. throughout all the commercials, and they now have two kids. And the boy is white, but the girl is black. And yeah. I just think that's curious, and I don't know what yeah. it is representative of, but it's just something to consider. Sure, I can yeah. I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, another thing to throw in here: his hair is very similar. To the old school Magneto hair, the old school Quicksilver hair. You almost want to see the streak in there. So it was interesting to see his hair. Yes, it's 80s, but it's also a little referential in the way the uh, dad's hair looks for sure. All right, move uh, on to the next thing. Kids are looking for Sparky. Uh, we find out the Sparky has died. It was uh, eating leaves in Agatha Harkness's uh, uh, garden there, or trees, bushes there. We also see the mailman. They come across the mailman again. <sighs> I saw someone speculate, and I love this, that the mailman is actually the witness protection person inside that Jimmy Wu was supposed to, was referencing when he Uh. met Monica. So that could be the person who was on witness protection in there and just trying to survive. And he's so casual he's so not afraid of one it's so interesting He's not hesitant at all he's like well, what's up my dudes and then tells him they tell them what's going yeah. on I was like, oh your mom will find it right ma'am and then rolls on out of there plus he's sloppily dressed as a mailman the hair looks like a wig i just don't know if he's a hundred percent what he seems to be uh agnes comes out of the bushes with the dog her hair is even bigger than before uh <laughs> it's insane I, I remember the 80s lord god she found sparky in the azalea bushes she ate the leaves now he's dead as the kids start to to cry wanda stops them from aging up this is really curious says the urge to run from this feeling is powerful i know emma they ask her to fix the dead since she can fix anything agnes asks if she can do that as if she doesn't know which is weird and then yeah. wanda tries to explain that there are rules in life we can't reverse death no matter how sad things make us then vision shows up and agnes looks in my opinion almost slightly pissed that uh, vision has shown up to kind of just uh, mess up what she's trying to do here. What'd you think about this scene?
3: I don't know if she necessarily looked kind of pissed, but like, I will say that there are definitely moments with Agnes as I brought up. She's the one who brought up the idea that Geraldine didn't belong there, that like there wasn't, she didn't have anywhere. She fit into the neighborhood. Like she had no home. She had no family. And then again, like this is vision showing up in a moment where Wanda's trying to have a teaching moment with these kids. Right. Um. And, uh, and again, it's, it is a little bit referential in terms of, which isn't to say that like in sitcoms in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that they didn't have moments where Mm -hmm. more serious things occurred, but like in the 80s in particular and and into the 90s, 2000s, et cetera, it's something that they like sitcoms very frequently had these like teaching moment episodes. So it's not that weird really from a sitcom standpoint that like, Wanda's not in a place now where she's going to reset everything to be idyllic and perfect and always end the way that – always end the easy way, shall we say. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so – and as she does that, like, it feels like sitcoms have become a a more, like – accurate representation Mm. of reality and certainly as she gets closer to the era of her own reality then she gets closer and closer to again her own actual reality outside of Westview and so Vision showing up when he does just reinforces this idea of like we're going to have this nice teaching moment. And also Wanda might have to start to confront the fact that she may be reanimated vision, right. and, you know, still not a hundred percent. Right. Like she technically kind of maybe brought him back from the dead. We don't fully know what's going on there, right. but it's that like he's interrupting so that Wanda is almost like grasping closer at real reality and having mm-hmm. again, the teaching moment instead of going, everything's fine.
0: Right. Yeah. Mike, the kids say you can do everything. So they clearly accept that Wanda is some powerful sorcerer or wizard or witch or whatever you want to say. And so they say, bring the dog back to life. Uh, uh, And then she says, almost blissfully unaware of what she's doing, that (laughs) you you can't bring people back to life and you have to confront the feeling of loss and you have to go through the feeling of loss. You can't just run away from it. This seems so
1: odd from someone who's supposedly in control of this whole situation. Well, I mean, I think it's I think that this scene is sort of getting to the point of like, she's really not in control of this situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, when she when they ask her to bring people back from the dead, uh, I disagree with Johnny with you a little bit about Agnes looking pissed or whatever. Like Agnes, first of all, seems completely genuinely sad that this dog died. She doesn't. Yeah, she's, this isn't this isn't fake acting Agnes. No. This okay. is yeah. like Agnes having so. like a real moment. And, say so. and, and I don't and, agree, but all right. And, and particularly when Agnes looks at Wanda and says, can you do that? You can right. do that. Uh, I think she is completely baffled. And I don't think that, I think what we're getting to it here is this is a scene when Wanda's saying you can't bring people back from the dead. I think Wanda, it seems probably was not the one that brought Vision back, perhaps. Uh, And I don't think it was Agnes either. I think it's whoever is above them in this hierarchy of whatever's going on. But I do think that this scene is kind of there to, A, there is the irony of her kind of talking about how to deal with grief when she's clearly not, but also to establish the fact that she can't bring Sparky back from the dead. That's not Mm -hmm. what her powers allow her to do. True. It's what somebody else's powers probably allow them to do. May, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, what's your thoughts on
0: this?
2: Yeah, well, I, I had two thoughts. One, when the kids are saying, like, bring him back, bring him back, my immediate thought when they were saying him was they weren't talking about the dog, they were talking about her brother. Um, and that's, again, oh, that's probably me looking okay. into it a little more than, than is actually there. Um, but in terms of bringing vision back, like, bringing vision back is not the same as bringing someone that is completely organic back like yeah. as they said in infinity Good war point. okay you know they speculated like we could take the mind stone out and there might be a lot of vision left
3: yeah. so i do
2: think that that wanda is the one who has who has brought vision back okay. um yeah i don't think whatever bigger bad whether whatever bigger supernatural threat is out there is the one who is powering vision i do think it's wanda
0: well and and if it's not Like I said earlier, if this is not Wanda, this is shape-shifting Mephisto, who's going in, and that was her her, him as Wanda grabbing Vision's body and reanimating Vision's body, then it's not Wanda that brought him back. It is Mephisto, and I don't buy a thing that Agnes is doing anymore. I think she's absolutely in on this i think the smiles and all of that this is what cult leaders do wow you have this kind of power wow you're really you can do these things they try to make you feel bigger than you actually are so that they can manipulate you later and i'm seeing a little bit of that in agnes but again i could be completely wrong i just i just don't no longer trust her anymore as somehow an unwitting participant in this whole thing or trying to help her necessarily and again could be totally wrong but i just i uh, now i don't trust her at all all right anyway we <laughs> we, we cut to the house vision because i think also the dog thing is very fascinating too But dog stork bunny mephisto can transform into animals and has done so in the comics numerous times so you know that could be a possibility throughout as satan in the bible you hear transforms into the snake all of that so there's all these possibilities roaming through this. But anyway, we cut to the house. Here's the big scene here before we get the reveal. Vision and one have a conversation about what happens. One uh, to try to distract Vision says life moves pretty fast out in the suburbs. A Ferris Bueller reference, I think. Vision tells her he spoke with Norm and then he reveals how he unearthed his personality. I like that he says it unearthed his personality, that he was in pain. He says he freed him from the mind control. She doesn't want to discuss it. And uh, and Vision says you can't control me the way you do them. She says, can't I? And how many of us wouldn't have the ability, would, wouldn't love the ability to just hit the credits, get the studio audience and get the fuck out of this argument? But Wanda tries and it doesn't work, which sparks, which they go into the other room, letter asks about the Maximoff anomaly. Vision screams at her that Norm has a family and he can't reach them. Wanda says she doesn't know what he's talking about. He screams to stop lying to him, rises in anger. uh, The second time he's risen, remember the first time it's because he was joyful that the babies were coming and the second, or nervous that the babies were coming. This time rises in anger. Wanda matches him and turns on her powers. Uh, All of this, and she says, all of this is for us. And he asks what is outside of Westview. And she says, You don't, and, and she says, You don't want to be out there. Trust me. And he says, You don't get to make that choice for me. You've never, and then Wanda's thrown off, says, You never talked to me like that before. Before what I can't remember my life before Westview. She tries to calm by saying, You're a dad and a husband. Vision asks why there's no children. Wanda says ridiculous. She's controlling everything. I don't know how any of this started in the first place. That's the line. I don't know how any of this started in the first place. Vision says what she's doing here is wrong. Then there is a doorbell. And she says, I didn't do that, which is a break. All right.
1: I go. Where do I go on this one? Mikey, why don't you take this one? What's your feeling? On Ooh, you give me a lot. Uh, props to both of them on the acting here. It's oh, amazing. Lord, yes. Paul Bettany's yeah. acting. Uh, the, when she tries to end the conversation and the credits roll and Vision is like, no, and just <laughs> keeps going. It's so affecting. It was such a weird... Thing to watch credits rolling and yeah. one of the characters refused to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, we are not ending this. Like, it was so powerful. And then he busts out of the door, like you said, and he's yelling that Norm has a family. Like, he, is, like, Paul Bettany has been so lovely, goofy sitcom husband for so many episodes yeah. that for him to get this upset and this angry and when he screams that he can't remember, like, it was such an amazingly powerful scene. Um, yes. But yes, I think the key, the key things here are that Wanda says some things that I think could be portrayed as she's trying to uh, deflect, and I don't think she is. And I think that, uh, first of all, as we called in episode two, yes, there are no children. Vision has finally figured this out. Children Mm -hmm. are the key of this. Children are the key. When we wrap everything up, I'll tell you sort of my overall working theory at the moment. But uh, (laughs) Wanda, do you really think I'm controlling everything, that I'm somehow in charge of everyone in Westview? I don't know how any of this started in the first place. I think that's a thousand percent true. Yeah. I yeah. think she I do, that's that's controlling. she's controlling everything in her limited sphere. She can keep things, you know, she kind of distracts Vision. She does have, her her powers have leveled up, but she is not the puppet master of all of Westview. Right. She can't actually right. do that. Um, and I think that's really, really, really important. Also important for their relationship, Vision doesn't believe her. Yep, right. Vision. Vision says, when the doorbell does ring, and before we get to that part, but when the doorbell does ring, she says, I didn't do that, Uh, you don't believe me, and Vision says uh i want to but at this point i'm ignoring statistics (laughs) like he does not he has lost trust like so as as we said before when he says to her in that earlier scene you and i have always been of the same mind even in civil war when she turns on him and leaves with hawkeye they apologize to each other at the end of the fight like even in that confrontation Mm. they were always sort of on the same page and here they are very much not for the first time yeah emma thoughts on this
3: I mean, it was just like, again, it definitely brought up the idea, as you say, the the very intentional wording of, right. I, I don't know how any of this started in the first place. Again, it like cycles back to the conversation with Monica where she's right. like, I don't believe that you wanted to hurt anybody. Right, right. And that, like, and the thing is that it's like it doesn't necessarily mean that she's not the architect of this because I think that on some level her powers are what is maintaining this reality. Mm -hmm. But whether it's a but the but it's certainly not a hundred percent her who is maintaining the illusion. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I think that the the illusion is dependent upon her wanting it to exist yeah which is like where that ending scene comes in
0: yeah absolutely and shannon you look these two contradicting lines she says i'm do whatever i'm doing i'm doing for us and then she says i don't know how this all started in the first place so it seems like this thing started without her she was brought in uh and this reality was created for her and she went along with it and wants to maintain it because she loves being here. So she's not necessarily the architect. It was laid out and then she was put in to make it seem as if she was creating this whole thing. What do you think?
2: Well, I mean, think about how episode 1 started. It started with uh credits for a 1950s sitcom. Yeah. Like, it just started. Like we yep. didn't and, and that was one of the choices that kind of initially surprised me and I'm like, "Oh, we're just going straight into this." And it had, yeah. it, had it had less to do with it being a creative choice, but more being like, this is what is actually happening. This yeah. is where she wakes up. She wakes right. up in a perfectly idyllic, uh, idyllic life. Yeah. Um, and even though like, I mean, I can't say anything better than Mike and Emma have already said, but one thing that really struck me with uh, Paul Bettany, when he turns around and talks about Norm, even though like Paul Bettany has sounded the same, the entire series, mm. he, he still has his English accent when he's, when he says, you know, I re- basically, I removed your oversight yeah. um that is the first time to me he really sounds like the vision that we know from the movie is it that clinical
0: seriousness great point yeah great point absolutely uh all right let's get to the big reveal the who is that who is ringing the doorbell she does say she didn't do that yet another uh, situation a little line here right where she's saying like she's not in control of this fully uh, uh Wanda opens the door we cut to the base hear the warning sounds and Wanda sees Evan Peters there as uh, essentially, her brother Pietro, possibly Quicksilver. He's dressed in a badass 80s leather jacket. <laughs> we, we hear the studio audience react and clap as they normally do when a guest star shows yep. up. Or someone shows up from a long time ago. She say, He says, and there's a pause. She's kind of taken aback and really genuinely shocked that he is here and says, uh, Long lost bro, get to squeeze his stinking sister to death or what? The terrible New York accident. Jeez. accent and Darcy <laughs> says she recast Pietro, which everyone, I think, was saying when they saw this, even though it was teased last summer that this was a possibility. Vision asks who this is. Juana says Pietro. Then he steps in and says, who's the popsicle? And we go to black. Um, <laughs> I would like to take this one first. This was so great and a great surprise. And to me, this is what it's referencing. For those who may not know, that's Nick. From Family Ties, (laughs) this is out, and that's the dog he had. And in this episode, he gets a dog that day, and the dog dies later on that day, just like the dog died in this episode of WandaVision. And that's so totally what they're referencing. He was Mallory's boyfriend on Family Ties, and that's Scott Valentine who plays Nick. And by the way, they tried to spin off his character apparently four separate times and none of them got off the ground one of them one of them aired for two episodes who was one of the co-stars julia louis dreyfus no lie go and find it on youtube it is there uh so to me this was incredible to watch as a family ties guy the accent all of it fits but mikey it's pietro mikey it's evan peters it is not aaron taylor johnson what are we doing here
1: well, okay, a couple things. One, uh, I think this is, like, really confirmation that, like, Wanda's not in control. She didn't do this. She didn't yeah. do this. Wanda and Vision are having this very serious talk. It looks like this might go a certain way. Vision is going to crack Wanda open. She's going to say, like, this is what's happening. And before they can actually have any kind of emotional resolution, her brother shows up. Yeah. Uh. So let's just say let's just say mephisto uh like whoever's controlling this is like fuck i need a distraction Mm -hmm. i need a big one this is what i need uh and again kind of getting back to the point of like you can't bring someone back from the dead shannon's correct uh vision is kind of an exception to the rule because of what he is Mm -hmm. but whoever's controlling the strings didn't resurrect her pietro Right. They had to go pluck a Pietro from another universe and drop him in here. So I think that, A, this kind of shows that someone is pulling the strings and trying to keep Wanda happy or in mm-hmm. check, at least. And then, yes, I, we've all talked about this. Like, if it would be maybe a what are they doing, except that we know. That the multiverse is cracking open in Spider-Man right. 3. And we nah. I mean, know Doctor Strange 2 is called the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So, yes, guys, the multiverse is here. This is <laughs> this is the Pietro from the other X-Men movies. Yeah. He is a mutant. He is here. Uh, Does this mean that all the mutants from the Fox movies are about to get dumped in the Marvel universe? As I I sincerely hope not. I think that would be a cheap out, but it does introduce the idea of mutants. And depending on how Pietro and Wanda's conversations go forward, is this going to be a a situation where Pietro tells her in his world, all people have powers and Wanda thinks that's a good idea and does House of M in reverse. Like, There's Mm -hmm. a lot of possibilities for what this means uh, none of us actually know what the fuck is going on. Everybody is super, super excited about it. Uh, and the possibilities of what Pietro from another universe, uh, the 20th Century Fox Pietro showing up in WandaVision means, are huge. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, as, as we talked about on the show on Geek Buddies this past week, a lot of people on the internet, when Elizabeth Olsen said, um, this is a there's a Luke Skywalker level cameo coming up, we're like, who, who is the actor that could be on that level? evan peters is not the actor that is on that level but what evan peters as that quicksilver showing up in the mcu means for the mcu going forward is cataclysmically huge and arguably even bigger than luke skywalker showing up that could be yeah emma thoughts
3: thoughts on this i mean i first of all the fact that darcy calls out they re she recast Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> amazing.
2: <laughs> um,
3: but again, like we we know that we're opening up the existence of the other Marvel films that are not within the MCU being part of the MCU and considering it a multiverse like we have in a comics continuity. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I- I'm not i'll be listen i'm for daddy magneto so like if he wants to show up i'm with it uh and i'm so excited to see where this goes i don't even like i don't even like the x-men movies i really don't like any of them i've been very outspoken about the fact that i don't care for them because i I, uh I loved the X-Men animated series so, so much when I was a kid that X-Men, I remember being the first thing I was ever disappointed in an adaptation of something that I liked. And most of that was central to the character of Rogue, who I loved on the TV show. And I hated Anna Paquin as Rogue with every fiber of my being. I did not want her to be a whiny teenager. I wanted her to be the, like sassy lady with admittedly a lot of emotional baggage and issues that yeah. was on 90s TV show who to me was an adult um right. uh, but yeah so but that being said like I I I love X-Men so like <laughs> I want the X-Men to be part of this world yeah. I, again like I don't want every single mutant we've ever seen to show up but some choice ones that are very intrinsically connected to Wanda's story I would not hate yeah,
0: fair. Uh, you know, the Hank McCoy could be the aerospace engineer. She's texting. Who knows? Correct. Right. Uh, as Michael pointed out, uh, uh, Shannon, thoughts on this whole reveal? Were you sh- even though we listen? I want to say this real quick. P- so I've seen some people on the internet saying they called this book spo- people this leak last summer. No, he's shit. been in the IMDB <laughs> credits. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah, you didn't call shit. I'm just putting it out there. All right, yeah. Shannon, thoughts on this? Overall? Well, part of me, like
2: honestly, because I was kind of like, ah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be Evan Peters. Like, I. throughout like film details being leaked i i'm always in my in my head canon i always kind of push against it Mm. i'm just kind of like no i think that's what they want you to think and then it's going to be something else like for the longest time with like rogue one when they didn't officially say it's about the the you know the people stealing the plans for the death star i'm like maybe it's not it maybe that's not it maybe that's what (laughs) they want you to believe Um, but i like that they you know no one makes these with the intention of leaking out details. Right, right. So assuming that this thing did not leak out, that like there was no word that Evan Peters was going to be taking part in it. They were putting Darcy in the position again of asking questions that the audience has. Right. When she like, cause the first thing, if we had not known this, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And Darcy immediately says that she recast Pietro. Yeah. I love what this means going forward. Um, to put my tinfoil hat on for just a moment, you know, the, the reveal of Pietro is from behind and, the, right. and the, his hair is wavy. Mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor-Johnson's hair was wavy. The wig that Evan Peters has worn was always straight. Mm. So the fact that they showed that wavy hair first, I was like yeah. it's Aaron Taylor-Johnson and then to reveal that it is it was actually Evan Peters. It it was awesome. And yeah. you know, it, it, and I do think this is a coincidence that Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor-Johnson were both in Kick-Ass together. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, point. man. I mean, this was even though we we kind of knew it was coming. There's still that audible like <laughs>
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this is the isn't this the Becky and Roseanne moment where they recast her Perfect. with Tarantaka. I mean, it's certainly that reference as well. I love this idea. In, in the audio descriptive service, it says, this is Pietro from the X, from the multiverse of the X-Men films. So that lets you know that they are, they even, they're opening the door. They even yeah. know in the audio descriptive service what this is happening. I love this. I love this moment. This is great. And I'm going to reveal something here really quick. And I'm going to walk the line if I can on this. A few weeks ago, I interviewed Cody Smith-McPhee. There are some things he said in our interview. His agent and publicist asked me to go back and edit out 10 minutes of that interview. And now I understand why. So that's all I'm going to say. There was something that was... was, I asked him about something, and we got into a discussion about comparing certain directors that he's worked with. I won't reveal who they are. They asked me to cut that out. But then he revealed something else about the character he has played And uh, I thought this was a fun thing to say, because in my mind, in no way did I think something was going to happen. And who knows if maybe that's why they asked me to edit out his responses to that question. So that's I'll just leave it there. So I don't know what's happening, but. We might Damn. not be done. Uh, so, but dang, let's, so, John, just between yep. you and the three of us, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, I loved it. I thought it was a great reveal. All right, uh, so that's the end of the episode. Who knows what the hell we got coming up next week, other than the dang. people who've worked on it, obviously, but we're all looking forward to it. Michael, let's get to the theory you've been teasing all episode about what you think is happening here, and then get everyone else's final thoughts and theories,
1: and we'll get on out of here. Michael? Yeah, look, I... Uh, Again, like taking everything as a whole, and as we know, each week we get a new episode that takes us in a wildly different direction. So my theory this week could probably not be my theory seven days from now. (laughs) But uh, I'm a big fan of fairy tales, and I like Rumpelstiltskin a lot. Uh, and Rumpelstiltskin fairy tale is hey I have I want this thing to happen that's impossible and Rumpelstiltskin shows up and says I'll make a deal with you I'll give you that just give me your firstborn child like that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Mephisto Mephisto as a character works in that deal with the devil kind of way. He's done it with Spider-Man in the comics yeah. too, uh, like in one of the big Spider-Man stories. So it what makes sense to me Uh, Johnny's opinion that uh, we have sort of like morphing Wanda's aside which could also be a possibility I think that Wanda found out where Vision was and went and got that body because that's her man and couldn't couldn't do anything with it was grieving over this dead body and I'm assuming Mephisto shows up and says hey this is a shame I could make your life perfect you and Vision uh, I'm just gonna make a deal with you it's easy deal you get what you want and I get what I want yeah. And snap fingers, they're in a 50s sitcom. Now, Agnes, Dottie, these other characters, I think if Mephisto is drawn to Wanda because of her hex-like witchy powers, he's probably made deals with witches in the past as yeah. well. those witches, Those witches are probably indebted to him, maybe against their will, maybe they don't love what they have to do, but they made deals with him in the past as well, mm-hmm. which is why Agnes is sort of helping move things along. But at the same time, sort of pl- trying to like help Wanda as well. So I yeah. think that that's sort of I, that's probably not it exactly. The Marvel storytellers are way better than I am, but I think that <laughs> that mm-hmm. is the that is the shape of where I think we're starting to see things. Okay. And how Wanda in the earlier episodes seemed completely obliviously happy, and as much as Vision has started to sort of put the pieces together on his side. I think she's figuring things out as well, but very much wants to stay in this happier space, even as she's realizing what's going on around her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Emma, final thoughts?
3: I mean, what can I, what can I say (laughs) after that? No, no, but I, I'm, I'm so stuck on Agnes and whether, and like what her role is within this. um, And like, I think that every single every single time we bring her up, I change my mind once again. Of like, <laughs> is she a bad guy? Is she a good guy? I think I'm back more on the 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 side of ally to Wanda in her like pointing out the cracks in the universe, more as like a uh, hey, didn't you didn't you notice that thing was weird? Oh, do you want to take that again? Like uh mm-hmm. like like acknowledging the fact that there is something off about this world, but I think it's more with the intention of being like Wanda. You you can get out of this. Like r- realize that something is not right here.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh right. no.
3: Okay. Know.
0: Shannon, overall thoughts on this episode and final thoughts on where we might be going. Episode awesome. I'm
2: hoping episode six becomes my new favorite. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do agree that it seems like the 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 kids are are central to whatever the main plot yes. or the main story that's that's going to be unfolded. You don't have an entire episode talked talking about for the children for it not Mm. to come back later. And all I can say is for the the series right now, my goodness, thank, thank, thank the Lord for, for Marvel for the MCU. I mean, you know, times are tough right now and this has become our new appointment television. Like, like Thursday at midnight is what I look forward to every week. Yeah. That's a Um, fair
0: point. Oh, you've got
1: one. Okay. I know I I already said so much, (laughs) but no one thing, one thing off of what Shannon just said that I do think is interesting uh, because so much was made about people who are tied to the Infinity Stones being so powerful. Wanda, Mm. Carol, even Vision. um, With no more Infinity Stones in the world or in the universe, if people who are tied to the Infinity Stones have that level of power, maybe those characters having offspring, even if it makes no sense how those offspring are coming into existence, might be a way to sort of keep elements of the Infinity Stones as powers for yourself. Like that might be a reason that somebody would want these children.
0: That's a very good point. I mean, so my last thing I hear absolutely was maybe it is right, Mike. Maybe it is an overall baddie like Mephisto controlling these witches. Certainly possible. I'm just looking at Agnes and I'm seeing her constantly playing the best friend, always showing up at the right time. Uh, What happens? uh, uh, Evan Peter shows up right at that moment, just again at the door to kind of stop this from breaking or what have you. Uh, But also the kids grow up every time she's around. And they also threatened to grow up after the dog died. So those are those moments, right? They they grew up uh, when she was babysitting. They grew up when she brought the dog house and she said, you got to be 10 years old or Wanda says you got to be 10 years old. They grew up. And then at that moment, when she comes out with a dog, she's almost forcing the kids to grow up again. I think she's trying to speed along this process where these kids grow up so she can control Wiccan and speed and control Wanda and control this situation. That's a or, really good point, John. Or or yeah. Mephisto is doing it through Agnes. But I yeah. think she's a little more involved than people think. Because I also think you don't cast uh, uh Jessica and not give her uh 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 incredible part to play in something like this. So in my own personal opinion. But then again, Michael could be absolutely right. You just never know. Uh, but you can't ignore that she's always around when the kids want to grow up. It just means no. something to me in my mind. All right. Well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for episode five of One Division. Yes, it's our longest one we've done yet, but it's also the longest <laughs> episode that has been going on One Division. So, and so many of you, thank you so much for the incredible compliments. You all have been leaving down in the comment section on Twitter, on the social media, and really enjoying our reviews. Can't thank we all can't thank you enough for watching them, for commenting on them, for liking them, and for sharing that means the world to all of us. Um, Shanna, what do we got to tell them?
2: Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at shannon underscore mcclung. On Instagram, at shannon the geek buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at mk2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Sis.
0: And Emma, uh, you've been incredible being a guest for these uh, this series of things. Thank you so much Thank you. every Thank week. You. <laughs> you are amazing. No, honestly, you're so essential to this review show. Please tell us uh, where they can find you and everything you got going on
3: yeah i'm at emma fife uh, all over the internet that's my name i keep it real simple <laughs> um uh on my twitch channel on thursdays which is twitch.tv emma fife i am doing a stream which i refer to as Thursdays at 6 p.m pacific i make cocktails and um play otome games which are japanese romance sims playing code Realize right now it honestly uh, we adopted Dracula last week, and, like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, like, a euphemism or, or, like, a, a, oh. a, a, a we ad- adopted, Dr- no, literally, like, we adopted Dracula, he's now our son, sort of, so it's getting wild, Uh please come hang out if you want to, and then, of course, awesome. uh, I'm doing work over on the download on Ven. new episodes drop on Venn.TV every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, and they rebroadcast at 6 p.m., uh, and then also we have the Ben download YouTube channel where I've got some um, projects that are in development that we'll start shooting next week. So they should be up there in the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited about.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Please follow and everything she does. Michael, what do we have to tell them? Uh, look we got a lot of things going for us this little podcast brevity is not one of them today Um, but uh, if you made it this far hopefully you stick with us Uh, here's what we need you to do hit the like button below subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw page lots of amazing content if you are listening to us right now on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us some stars give us some comments helps us go up in the rankings and the best thing that you guys can do is uh, link this in your Twitter profiles retweet this tell people to check it out send it to your friends who are confused about WandaVision tell them you have an epic review of this week's episode <laughs> uh, and and uh it's going to dive deep for your friends so uh okay. that is what you can do for us that's right I'll do all that for us and
0: never forget baby vision all right that's it for us uh, we're getting out of here thanks everybody uh, thanks for watching this episode of uh, WandaVision spoiler review for episode five on the geek Bunnies. <gasps> hey! hey!